Welcome to the Degenerates Clubhouse, a place for less than distinguished gentlemen to discuss nonsense and fuck all tomfoolery. With your hosts Aaron and Armando. Honestly, who's going to listen to this? What a couple of stupid fucking cunts. Um, yeah, I, I like I, I completely understand what you're saying because uh, I, I was in the same boat, um, re- really like big time. I mean, like almost the exact same boat when I first came out to Colorado because. The last year I was coaching, I had a, a two bedroom house like that. I that was just mine. I was the only one in there, and like it had like a small like like elevated deck, and it like looked over mountains. It was this beautiful view and everything like that. And, and that, that was just for you? Yeah, I mean, because it was oh. it was out in the woods, but it was only about fifteen minutes away from where I worked. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I was just I was just in that house, like you know, I mean, there there were neighbors around and stuff like that, and there was a like a. Wal- Walgreens and, and I can't remember the brand, but you know, like a small supermarket that was about f- five minutes away. And there's a tiny, oh, my favorite part of it. Oh, that was the, the greatest. There was this movie theater. Um, the, so I, I can't remember if I told you about the area I was in. It was in the Poconos, which is like an hour west of Manhattan, like New York. But mm-hmm. so a lot of people will go vacation there and they'll, you know, like rent um, little like mountain homes and things like that just for the weekend. But there's way fewer people in that area in general during the week. So this little movie theater stayed open all week, but it was really just there for like Friday, Saturday and Sunday when people were vacationing. Uh-huh. So I would, I, I did, I just got to a habit. Like my, my neck and everything was all fucked up. Um, so like I couldn't sit in a regular chair and I got to the point where I would go in the middle of the week and I would bring uh, one of those like reclining zero gravity lawn chairs I'd bring, I'd bring, I'd bring that. And then I would bring a backpack with like three. Um, I, I think I was just drinking Mike's hard lemonade at that point. Uh, nice. And I would just show up with like three Mike's hard lemonades and my lawn chair. And I would set the fucking lawn chair up just in the center aisle. Cause I was, I mean, I, I can't remember how many, it must've been six or seven movies I saw where I was, I was literally the only person in the theater. It's just me. That's awesome. Just chilling. Yeah. I remember, uh, there was that movie. God, what was it? It was it was uh, a movie about artificial intelligence, and they were doing like a Turing test, and it was you know, kind of out out in the woods in a bunker, and it was oh god, what was the name of that? Anyhow, ex ex machina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ex that was machina, it exactly. Ex machina. Yeah, ex machina. And I saw that in the theater by myself, just drinking Mike's hard lemonade. I'm like, dude, this is fucking awesome. Like, <laughs> yeah, the small things. But so like, I had all that stuff, just a lot of privacy and autonomy and then when i came to colorado you know i'm like all right i'm gonna get healthy this will be like quick i was my parents had a had a townhouse they didn't even have a full house like no backyard anything like that um so i was all i had was a a study it was just a i mean not not tiny but it was not a big room uh at all and like that was it with carpeting i'm allergic to dust so that wasn't real fun so during that whole period like i didn't have a job I mean, I was having serious health problems and I just went, I, I literally would spend five hours a day at 24 hour fitness. That was like my job. I would go to 24 hour fitness. Like I do a, a like a, a lightweight workout. I do a cardio workout. I do like another workout. I'd go in the sauna. And then sometimes th- there was a movie theater right next to that, that had like the reclining seats and I would go watch a movie and that would be like eight hours. I would just spend in that one little area. <laughs> but you, but you did all that, that, uh, 24-hour fitness thing to kind of avoid being stuck in that little in that exactly, little exactly because i was fucking losing my mind 
in, well, I, in a, I understand where you're I, coming from. I, when I lived in Bakersfield, I, mm-hmm. I had just le- I had just left Long Beach to move to Bakersfield for a job, and in Bakersfield I had a three bed. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was three bed, one and a half bathroom. Um, it was like a quadplex. It wasn't really apartments. They were kind of like mm. individual townhomes, I guess. But there's only four of them. Um, I only shared one wall with neighbors. The 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 other outer wall was like there's nobody there. Um, one of the 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 room the uh, I guess you could call it a bedroom, but it really wasn't a bedroom. It was actually a converted garage that had like. Whoever had lived there had like built like the like cement, so it, it created like a rise a rise level cement type of deal on one one side, and so what I did is I I got like two couches from random fucking who knows where some flea market or some shit, and I had them sitting set up like stadium seats, mm-hmm. so I had two couches, and then I had this big old I don't know hundred and some odd inch projector screen with the projecting TV. Dude, I'd spend hours in there watching movies on my own. Or uh, even like a video game, Xbox, whatever. And it was just like having this whole like man cave. I had all my sports memorabilia up everywhere. I had a bicycle. I would take this bicycle ride down, and I kid you not, um, not it couldn't have it couldn't have even been a quarter mile. It, it like really felt like maybe an eighth of a mile. Like it was so so short of a distance. It was a quick little five minute bike ride to where I was literally on parts of the Kern River. So I would throw like my rod, and my reel, and some tackle and shit like in this little because I had like one of those little basket things for whatever. So I'd literally take all my shit, go fishing like within five minutes from door to door. Like I'd be dropping water in the uh, in the river there. So and the, it was is that the the best place you you have lived in in your adult life? Um, in a lot of ways, yes. In a lot of ways, yes, um, because I had my again my own space, everything. the The downside to it was that it was Bakersfield, and I I didn't have very many friends, or fa- I had no family out there, and I had very few friends out there. They're mostly like coworkers, mm-hmm. um, so I didn't know anybody. I would try to go out into town and like mingle and meet people and what have you, and that was fun. But I did a lot of what you did, just kind of kickback so, so what's the worst place that you've lived in your adult life i definitely don't like being here i wouldn't say it's the worst thing um but okay so what so what is the worst the worst was probably um we lived in this huge apartment complex when i was from the ages of maybe huh my best guess like five six years old no i had to be a little bit older let's just say seven or eight years old till i, till I was about 12 and we had this multi-unit apartment complex that had like one of those ones that has like 50 units to it and this just giant swimming pool in the middle of it it was just huge and just the the congestion of being around all these fucking people all the time and and the noise and you never really had peace and quiet you you guys heard it here first mondo was an adult when he was five years old yeah no no (laughs) he was he was just a very very mature toddler he's no 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 did, did you just say that because you feel like where you're at now might be the worst place in your adult life and you don't even want to say it's the worst? Um, I, I kept saying adult life and you were like, yeah, this one place was way worse when I was five. I was like, oh, adult life? Well, we yeah. can say my adult life. Like from the time I graduated college. 
You can define it however you want. I was just pretty sure that five wasn't where it started. Yeah, I think I think if you could, if you want to save my adult life, for sure, this place. Yeah, because it's not mine. I don't have my own space. I have, you know, a, a nagging adult mother who still, you know, wants to. When I say mother, I don't say mother like in the like babying me way. I mean like mother as in trying to boss me around way. It's like no, I'm gonna be forty. Go fuck yourself. Um, let me let me tell you about the two worst places I've lived. Because okay. I've seen that house. I understand. And again, I, I intimately understand the issues of being, well, almost 40 and, and having to deal with your, your parents in your living area. Like, I get it. But for me, the, the perspective, the, the two worst places I've lived, and I I, I want to say it's a, 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 a toss-up. I mean, you could tell me which one sounds worse. The first one was when I was I was an assistant coach in Cleveland. Um which, by the way, Cleveland, I, I vastly prefer Cleveland as a city to living in Los Angeles. Do with that what you will. I mean, weather and everything, I, I would take Cleveland. I, I actually had a pretty good time. And, and some of that could have just been because there's a good social network. But, like, I went to more, like, concerts and shows and things like that in the time in Cleveland than, than I mean, I, the probably probably ten times uh, than the amount of times when, than I was in Los Angeles. But one of the first places I lived there, it was, it was a, a two-story house that the the landlord, who's kind of kind of a slumlord, like like very like weird like older white dude that had huge like unkempt eyebrows, like he looked like something out of some you know a, a, like a movie where you're like, dude, that 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 guy's unrealistic. There's not like people like that running around in the world. But so he just did no no upkeep anything like that, and it, and he bro- he'd broken this house up into two apartments. So we were on the top apartment. The bottom apartment was was uh, that's where Quan lived. Quan was a was a drug dealer. Uh, nice. Very very affable. He was a nice like very. Yeah, he was like, oh, how are you boys doing today? Like he was a very personal he's guy. A nice, he's a nice cocaine yeah. dealer. <laughs> I, I thought you know my guess is it was just weed. It was. Uh, probably, that's, I don't know. I don't weird. know if if Quan you know if Quan was pushing harder stuff or not. Whatever. We, we never inquire. We're never like yo Quan like we. Need- <laughs> What are, you, yeah. what are you holding tonight? We're fucking bored. Like that wasn't. I, I think. I think if you sell marijuana, you can't be really called a drug dealer. But that's my, um, my opinion. It, it was not legal. It, it was a drug, and he was selling okay. it. And right. the 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 frustration of that was every fifteen minutes there were cars like rolling up in the driveway. The person would go in for a minute, and then they would leave. <laughs> so like, like there was a little bit of stress because I'm like, yo, there, there's drug deals going on like downstairs, like. constantly and then the second part was like you just could (laughs) it was it was always a hassle just even trying to use the driveway because it was like you know like i was working as a coach i'm like fuck i have to get to practice i have to get to a meeting there's three cars in the goddamn driveway and i can't get out like that that happened pretty regularly customers his customers were blocking your driveway exactly and then you'd be like you have to be like juan man i gotta leave (laughs) he's he's like all right it's like come on boys we'll we'll just be a minute but so there was that. That was that wasn't. If it was just Quan, like okay, that's not the worst of it. Like was it? Was it like? Did, did you guys ever have like Pineapple Express moments? You ever seen that movie? Yes, I have seen. Was that he, movie. Was was he ever trying to be like your friend? And you're like, no, dude, you're just a drug dealer. <laughs> yes, that did happen. He 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 was like he's like yo like you guys should come down tonight. We're having a party, and we're like, well, Quan, it's Tuesday. 
I have a job. I have to be up at 6 a.m. tomorrow. Yeah. I can't come to your party. By the way, do you think it could keep it down? He's like, oh, yeah, no problem. No problem. <laughs> and then at like 2 in the morning, it's like, <laughs> like oh, fucking walls fuck. are vibrating. So that, Horrible. But again, that was not the worst of it. That was not the worst of it. I mean, with the worst of it, to me, the the, the worst of it with 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 Quan um, was when he he just like went away for a few weeks. You know, he went on a, a sabbatical slash okay. like jail. Um, oh we're, shit! We're, we're we're assuming, but and we you know we just realized like okay we haven't seen him for a while. He pr- he probably didn't go to Hawaii on vacation. We're just I'm just guessing. Yeah. yeah. But the part that I I we didn't think about was Quan had a pit bull. Oh shit! And I, I, I just—I mean, we had like shit going on. Like, I was just you know, coaching, especially that part. That was just—I think this was during the spring, so it was really you say, hectic. You say you say we, but who's we? Uh, I had a, a roommate who was also oh, a coach. Okay, gotcha, um, gotcha. And, but I was just like walking past the window, and the windows were sort of elevated on the first floor, so you couldn't see into the first floor. But we're walking past the first floor, and I'm like, do you do you smell that? Oh no! He's like, he's like, what do you, what do you mean? I'm like, I do. And I'm like, I get closer to the window, and it just, it just reeks of dog shit. I'm like, oh no! Uh. I can't remember the dog's name, but it was like, we'll, we'll call the dog Dixie, just, just yeah. cause. Okay. This, this pure, poor, abused dog Dixie was nice in Dixie. there, and I don't, I don't understand. Like, I don't know if it had broken into a cupboard and it, like how it was feeding itself. Somehow oh, it shit. had figured out how to get food, but it was just shitting everywhere. And nice. they, and had been there for weeks, and we're like we're like well we're not you know we were never gonna rat like we weren't gonna call um you know the cops on Quan but I'm like fuck we have to call animal control because this dog's gonna destroy the house slash you know die so so there was that the the other fun amenities of that apartment is uh, next door there was a halfway house um like for reformed uh, drug dealers and reformed like uh, like nutty people <sighs> kind of thing. I think it, I, my guess is it was drug addicts um, gotcha. because they didn't actually cause us that much trouble. But like every so often you'd see one of them just randomly in the front yard and there would just be, I mean, they looked like, you know, like, like early stages, walking dead zombie, like just glassy eyes, like staring at nothing. And it was, it was more just kind of creepy and disconcerting than, than like dangerous. At least that was my feeling from it. And, um, and to complete the trifecta. <laughs> Across the street, it was a very busy street. Across the street was a Kentucky Fried Chicken. We had the the KFC, the drug dealer, the halfway house, like this fucking unholy Bermuda Triangle of Cleveland. But wait, why did but why did KFC make it bad? KFC smells delicious. Can't eat it, but it's delicious smelling. Because because it it meant that it was busy. The street was always parked up, uh-huh. and um, I mean, being a KFC is like a, it's like a little like canary in a coal mind of like oh you might not be in the best neighborhood right now yeah like <laughs> so so it was just a reminder i'm like yeah we live across the kfc okay there's that that was the one bad spot you said it was it was he- hearing it i'm like i'm like you know what it really wasn't that bad compared to the worst one. Oh, okay <laughs> I think, shit I, I, th- I think it was the second worst one um the worst one was when i first got my head coaching job um and they 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 hired me late, so like I'm I'm rolling up like you know, beginning of September. Like classes have already started. Like the the kids are there. Other teams are had probably already started their their fall. There's because it was Division Two, 
Um, I don't know if you know all the differences, but like at Whittier, there was no real fall season. You're not allowed to in Division Three. Uh, Division Two, you can have hold limited practices. You can have competitions. It's just not as large of a schedule. Um, there's just a, a fixed number of hours you can use. So, so anyhow, I have like shit to do. Like I'm trying to find a place. It's a, it's a college town, and it's September, so like everything's rented. I can't find anywhere to live. What city? What city? You still haven't said where. Oh, this was in the Poconos. Oh, okay, gotcha. So I wasn't looking like there's like a bunch of uh, so it was. Stroudsburg, Tannersville, like all these these towns, they're not really cities around the college. Um, and I'm just trying to find anything. And I had, I don't know if it was a mistake or not. The the, the pay at this this job was sort of like, eh, like it was good. Like it was definitely enough to live on, but it wasn't anything spectacular. But the benefits were incredible. And the retirement benefits were so good that I was like, okay, put every dime you can into retirement. Like, that's fine. I'll, I'll, uh, you know, I'll just make do. And, but at that point, like the budget I had was like 700 bucks a month for rent. I'm like, that's pretty much it. Or I can't, I'm not gonna be able to make this feasible. So, so, you know, shit's, shit's happening. I've got like, I'm doing like 12, 13 hour days. I've got meetings. I'm trying to get practices started and, and find a house at the same time. And the place I found was this like A-frame cottage um, <laughs> where it, it used to, it looked like what originally this was supposed to be like a little vacation like spot where like, do you know what an A-frame is? Have you ever seen it? Yeah, like, like the Wiener Schnitzel type buildings. Yeah, exactly. Um, and they, they built these places for people to come, you know, rent on the weekends. It's like, look, we're in the woods, like whatever, and then go back. And they were never intended for long-term habitation. Um, so it was like, it was like maybe like 400 something square feet, but it's an A-frame. So like so much of that is unusable because yeah. it's, everything's on a slant. And it, especially if you're tall, like you're just craning your neck and hitting your head every five seconds. Uh, but it was, it, whatever it was like, there was like a little like kitchenette with a small fridge and, you know, a two burner stove. And, and, uh, there, there was a, a bathroom that was on a slant that I had to like punch oh, no. down. And, like, barely fit in the shower. But I'm like, whatever. Like, basic necessities meant it's out in the woods. Like, this isn't so bad. Um, you know, and there's, like, a little sleeping area. Did it Did it look like it hadn't been updated for 30 years? Yes. Like, <laughs> but the real problem started when it's, it got cold. Um, because that's when I found out, oh, this, this place has, like, no insulation. I was going to say, if it was supposed to be like a, a vacation thing kind of deal, I'm sure they didn't do a good job with all the foundation stuff. No, I mean, it was, well, the fa the foundation was, it was just a, a slab foundation. So yeah, there was, there's no insulation on the ground. And then even like the walls weren't really insulated. Uh, and the only heating source you had was, were the, this little, it was a propane a heater. Um so there's this big tank that they would come and they, they you call this propane company. They dro drop off this big tank, hook it up. The problem with propane is it, it's like a very like uh, a wet heat. It, there's a lot of moisture. So this place already wasn't well insulated. There were oh by the way there was no airflow at all. Like the only the only way air could come in and out was through the big front door and the whole front of the have, place. It didn't have windows at all. It didn't have like nothing. It, it did. It did. So the whole front of it was glass. It was this big glass. So the whole front of the, this A-frame cottage was glass, but you couldn't open them. It was just big glass panels. And the only thing that could open was this big sliding front door that was also glass. Hmm. But so, so what would happen was 
It's really cold outside. It's really it's warm inside with a bunch of moisture from the heater. And then even more, when I would shower, there was like no insulation in the bathroom. You'd take a shower, all the all the, the moisture from the water would instantly vaporize. It'd be this big sort of steam cloud that would then go out into the apartment. Mm-hmm. And then you'd have the, the sun shining through the, gr- the glass. And it was like... It, it was like a fucking science experiment where they're like, we're going to grow mold and see, oh. see what, see what it does. Like, so the, the, like the whole, I mean, I, I think within like a couple of weeks of the, the weather going cold, like the whole, the whole front of the, the, of the cabin, like next to where the windows were, was just a solid sheet of mold. And uh. I'm like, I, you know, I'm calling the, the manager saying like, dude, this is, this is, dangerous it's unsanitary like humans cannot live in these sort of conditions and she's like no it's fine you just wipe it off i'm like you fucking wipe it off like i'm not like dislodging a bunch of mold spores into my lungs and uh call hazmat fuck well and then i was also worried i'm looking up like the the possible you know long-term exposure to like propane propane (laughs) because if there's if there's leaks you can get uh, carbon monoxide poisoning and i'm like fuck like that's not good, and I, so I remember there were there were not, there were a few nights where I just wasn't using the heating because I I was like I can't like it's, I'm for freaking growing mold I'm gonna poison myself in the night um I just just you know wake up shivering freezing and I just remember <laughs> I remember one night where it was so cold where I'm like I can't I I have to turn on the heat like I just might not wake up in the morning but <laughs> it is what it is like I. Either I die in my sleep or I make it through. I were gonna just roll the dice and hope for the best. But I'm not. I'm not joking. I, I that started a pattern where I I I I I had like a like a mental sleep apnea where I would just stop breathing in the middle of the night because I think I was subconsciously holding my breath because I was afraid to breathe. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> And you did that because you couldn't afford any better means of like you, that's that was within your budget. Is that that's why you chose that spot? Is that what happened? Well, so, so there there was two parts. It was like that was I, mean, I had a limited budget and everything was rented already because again uh. it was a college town. I I showed up late. I showed up like a, a week or so or two into the the semester already. So everything was gone. Like as soon as soon as. Even once winter, like uh, the, the the winter term came, you know, so like everyone went a winter break. Some people were breaking their leases. Then I managed to get into a different place uh. that wasn't deadly. Like it still wasn't nice, but it was like a functional apartment that wasn't trying to kill me in my sleep. But and the, and the other problem, the other problem I had was. I, I like I had so much to do. Like there wasn't I, I didn't there weren't enough hours in the day for me to do everything I needed to do. So in hindsight, being more experienced and mature, I now I'd be like, you know what? Being able to like sleep at night, have a semi-stable home environment, that's gonna take precedent. I am not gonna be as effective doing all the other stuff I have to do until you know I I worry about these base needs first, but ah, man, I was still pretty young. I was like early, I, I think I was 30 when I got yeah. that job. I'm like, fuck, there's so much I have to do. Like, I, you know, I'd read all these, this, this, uh, management, um, 
literature and like you know there's a book called the first 90 days how the first 90 days are critical i'm like fuck i gotta i gotta kick ass my first 90 days i can't you know i can't come into a slow roll and just not do shit because i'm trying to find a house like i'll i'll, I'll figure out that stuff later but like i need to get this done now and uh that that proved to be a terrible idea <laughs> like that did yeah. not work out so well that's the worst place i've ever lived where i was literally worried about dying in my sleep how long were you there for? It sounds like you were only there for a little bit, though. It didn't sound like you were there for a long time. Months. 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 That was long enough. Uh, no, so I was there, let's see. I think I moved in there at the end of September. So it was like October, November, December, halfway through January, and then halfway through. Because like January, all the kids were gone. I made it. I was there halfway through January. Um, and that's that's just when I, I got out. Um I, and I think part of the reason I got out was because, A, that's when all my health problems had started. I'm like, fuck, like, is this place killing me? Like, I, is this contributing? And then my <laughs> my mom came and visited and saw it. Well, two people. Ke- Kevin Al came and visited. And he was like, he was nice about it, but he, he was like, <laughs> uh, oh, no, I'm never, just to be clear, I'm never coming back there again. And I was worried about dying in my sleep. I'm like, oh. Huh, it is that bad, I guess. And my my mom came and visited, and she's like, what do you, no, you can't live here. Like, this is not okay. I was like, all right, fuck. So that really kind of put it, because look, when, you, when you're in the thick of it, particularly having already lived in some shitty places, your your barometer for how shitty a place is kind of gets thrown off a little bit. I'm like, well, okay, I'm, I, I'm. I'm pro not having drug dealers living next to me. I don't. I don't th- actually. And the, the, the weird part: there was actually a drug dealer in one of the other A-frame cabins that I found out later. But whatever. That's a whole separate story. Um, See, that's that's kind of like like uh, you know when when you say like what's the shittiest place you ever lived in? I I immediately thought like like because I because we grew up in um, like literally across the street from where we grew up was considered the East LA. So mm-hmm. you know the ghetto bird, you know flying helicopters and the police. Uh, you know, police chase sirens, all that shit was like every day. So it was like for us, um, growing up, we're kind of numb to it. So like when we moved to like Long Beach and people were like, oh, that's a shitty part of Long Beach. Or even when I moved to Bakersfield, oh, Bakersfield's so horrible. Like to me, I was like, I wouldn't say numb, but I was kind of like accustomed to that kind yeah. of being an everyday commonplace thing. Uh, so Str- Strasburg had, uh, had a little bit of a meth problem. That was... I was, it was, I mean, not, not quite, um, breaking bad levels. There, there's no, like, like the, the Strasburg Walter White would have been much, much stupider <laughs> and less, yeah. less accomplished. <laughs> He's like, I mean, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of, of what, what the equivalent, instead of, instead of being this sort of like brilliant, you know, chemist and, and budding criminal mastermind, it would have been like, um. Like like some idiot that watched a bunch of episodes of Bill Nye the Science Guy. I'm like, I bet I could make meth with chemicals. Like that would have been <laughs> that have been the Strasbourg. But yeah, there was a, there was a meth dealer <laughs> in that A frame. We didn't really interact a lot except his girlfriend wanted to bang once. I was like, No, I'm good. Oh shit, that's crazy. <laughs> I don't I don't want uh, your your meth dealing boyfriend to kill me in my sleep. Um, and she's like, Nah, he'll never know. I'm like, Yep, he never will because it will never happen. <laughs> The one thing, the one thing about ba- even though I really liked Bakersfield, the one thing I didn't like about it was that I call it the Bakersfield curve. That was what I always referred to it in my head, at least. I t- I would tell some people about it too. It's like everything over there that was like moderately okay or fun to do, or like even restaurants that they were 
okay, that they were, you know, decent. Like, over there, people would rave, like, oh, this is the best place for this. This is the best place uh, for yes. that. I- and then, like, I mean, like, yeah, but I'm from L.A., and we have way better Mexican food. We have way better this. We have way better that. And, yeah, this, a lot of that stuff is kind of, even the women up there, like, <laughs> like, the women up there, you can be, like, kind of pretty, but a little heavy set, but think you're the mm-hmm. fucking hottest thing on, in, you know, because in Bakersfield, a lot of these gals were not very attractive. Kind of like Woody College. In some ways, uh, Whittier is fine. I mean, it's, it was not a you know ASU like spring break, but there there were plenty of attractive girls. Sure, well, sure. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Com, com, and by comparison, there's you know, I'm sure there's better. Yeah, gir, girl. There is the Girls Gone Wild was never like you know what we're, we should really go to Whittier. <laughs> that's, yeah, that, no. that's that's a, that's the spot, and that's that's because the Whittier girls were up upstanding and. Uh, Productive shit. members of society and and girls gone wild knew that it was if if it wasn't for that, would your girls don't worry they would have been all for you. Do, do, you knew you knew the same girls that I did, and they and a lot of these girls were not. Anyway, <clears throat> yeah, they Mondo, I tried to, I tried to save it, and you're like, no, no I'm just gonna no, double no, no. down on this. Fuck the Whittier girls. Yeah, fuck the Whittier girls. Um, or or don't if you were me in college. That's no. <laughs> yes, I've been looking at at Flagstaff. We'll see if it happens. Finding a job oh, sucks. I forgot about the third worst place I lived, which oh, no. which had its own. It's, it had its own. It's its own. Sorry, I'll wrap it up on this. But at least at least none of the other places that we've talked about were just still segregated. Like what? Like black people, you have to live on this part of town. If you're white, you can't live there. If if you're black, you can't live here. Like it was just segregated. Like what? not 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 officially like not on the books. Just like a non you know binding verbal. Yeah. Because I I tr- I tried to. This was Laurenburg, North Carolina, um, and I remember when I was looking at at, at the, like the properties, I was like, well, huh, I can get an apartment here for like eight hundred dollars. Which is more than I could afford, and the, the apartments it was like it was like six hundred dollars for a one bedroom or eight hundred for like a really nice two bedroom in a pretty nice setting, and I was like, huh, the, the, I could do that, or I could get a house with like a yard and everything for four hundred bucks. <laughs> Fuck it, I'm gonna do that. <laughs> and and I try, and that's I tried. I told, I was telling I was at you know talking about somebody at the the school I was working at like where I was gonna live. I'm like, yeah, I'm just gonna get a house there. And they're like, no, you can't go live there. I was like, what? Well, why not? They're like, you just can't. I'm like, but I, it, it seems like a good deal. And they're like, no, just, I, I'm telling you, like, you know, I've, I've lived here all my life. You can't go live there, but you should go look at one, you know, one of these two apartments. I was like, huh, I don't know. Okay. You know, I'm like, whatever, I'll listen to them. And then later I was like, oh, that's where the black folk are. Huh. Wow. It that's was crazy. just, I mean, there was, there was just overt racism there. Do you think, do you, so those places, uh, those places where they were populated, uh, more populated with the African American community, would would you say that those places were a little more run down, or were they just as nice, but just you know they were populated with black people? So more run down than what? More run down than the nice white part of town? Yes. yes. More run okay. down than yeah. the poorer white part of town? No. Gotcha. Um, I mean, they they were. I'm not gonna lie. Like the actual houses, in some sense, reminded me of of parts of L.A. Mm-hmm. where I drive because like. For, from the perspective of where, where I grew up, it's like, oh, if you have, like, a house and a yard, like, that's a nice neighborhood. Like, 
And then you get to parts of LA where they're like houses and yards, but like, wait, ah, there's like bars on all the windows and like, yeah. like my, my whole spider yeah, sense yeah. is off. Like what's happened. It was sort of like that. I mean, they, and they didn't have bars on the windows. It was just, you could tell like, you know, cheaply made houses, like, you know, that they hadn't had a paint job in like 20 years, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and you know, in, in hindsight, I don't know how it would have gone down. I might've, might've gone really bad, but I kind of wish I'd moved into to the black neighborhood. Like, yeah, for all it, you could have had like like French braids and like had a rap name by now. That would have been cool. I think it had just been. I mean, either they would have been like, "Yo, get the fuck out of here," and then I would have had to leave, or I could have been like, "Look, I don't like these people down here either." Like, <laughs> like, like I'm on I'm on your side. I'm on your <laughs> side. These guys suck. Can I, can I be part of the club? Like, I don't know. I. I've lived a bunch of different places. I mean, I've I've come to to the understanding that if you're just like legitimately respectful, not patronizingly respectful, not lip service, like in in your actual heart, like you think that people deserve respect and you treat them like that, then they usually pr- respond pretty well. Yeah. But again, that that environment was so far out of my experience at that point where I'm like, I don't know how that's, that would have gone down. Yeah. I, I've, I've never had, uh, sh- shitty neighbors. I don't, I'm trying to remember if I ever had shitty neighbors. I had, you know, when I did live in, when I lived in Bakersfield, I had this one guy that would play, I don't know if he didn't have a job or his job, he had worked weird hours, but he'd be playing video games. Like, like he'd start playing video games like at 11 o'clock at night. And be playing mm-hmm. till like five, six in the morning. Like I don't know if that was his Jeez. normal thing, but it wasn't like he was just playing them. It was like full blown surround sound, full blast. Like I could hear the shit through the wall. Um, we had one creepy neighbor when we were kids <laughs> in Montebello. Um, it was a older gentleman, older lady. I guess the backstory is they were unable to have kids. I don't know if she was barren or he was, you know, his semen didn't work or i i don't know but they they weren't unable to have kids so he really hated kids like he was like like we'd be playing next door just playing tag or hide and go seek or what have you and making a little bit of noise and he'd like come and yell at us my dad would go out there and punk him um apparently they lived in a duplex and the house behind them there was a pedophile living there that we didn't know about until after we moved out of montebello (laughs) so like like Razor thin close from uh, some st- uh, stranger danger type of shit. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just re- re- now I'm re- thinking about like uh, neighbors and roommates and and all that that sort of thing. To to this day, I, I still I still claim Lawrence Franklin best roommate ever for uh, that year in the the Harris dormitories, and and I think I've said I don't know if I said this on the podcast before, but like I remember thinking to myself midway through that year, I'm like. I feel like I was a really shitty roommate. Like I was an only child. I just didn't know how to do it. Like growing up, and wow, I think I, I think I'm a much better roommate now because this <laughs> this seems to be working really well. And then like two seconds later, I'm like, no, it's not me. It's just Lawrence. <laughs> 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 I'm st- I'm still probably a shitty roommate, but somehow he's he's making that work really well. Um, the worst. Oh, the, do you remember? Do you remember Kenny Bowman? Yeah, yeah. He was like a. Like a receiver or something. He's like the star receiver in Woodyard College, which doesn't say much. But from from he was not from Bakersfield. Bakersfield was the big city for Kenny Bowman. Uh huh. Like <laughs> you know, he's like he's like I'm gonna go into the big city and yeah. and get get my 
you know, we're, we're going to go out. We're going to have a night on the town. We're going to. We're gonna Jesus. get some P- PBRs. We're gonna go to the what's what's the, what's the buffet? Do they do Golden Corral in Bakersfield? Uh, yes, they do. They do Golden Corral in Bakersfield. <laughs> how, how how did I know? It's like I've been there. We're gonna we're gonna get some PBRs, tailgate in the parking lot of Golden Corral, and have us a time on that buffet. Jesus. That was. I, I don't. I'm 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 assuming. Um, yeah, party. He was from. Oh, go ahead. Oh no! I was just kidding. He was, he was from Porter, Portersville, if you I, know where that I, is. I know where that is. Porterville, not Portersville. Yeah. Port, about, Porterville. It's about forty-five minutes north of Bakersfield. Um, you know, there there are certainly charming things about like that, like that area, like Porterville, Bakersfield. Um, there are certainly good parts about it, but there really isn't a whole ton of nightlife like there is, but there isn't. It's like the the like the entire. The entire area of Bakersfield is like ghost town after like, you know, sun goes down. There might be a couple bars here and there, a couple restaurants here and there. But it's just, they're very, I don't think there's anything there that's like open 24-7. Like out here we have pharmacies and shit that are open 24-7. You know, if you get sick and you got to go get some medicine fucking 2 o'clock in the morning because you can't sleep. doesn't exist in Bakersfield. You got to wake up till like at 8 o'clock in the morning when all these fucking stores open. There was one time where uh, my brother's band was playing a gig up in Bakersfield at some fucking pizza place, a shitty little pizza place, and they needed needed a place to like party and sleep. And I was like, "Well, dude, you know I got this big giant three bed house, and it's just me, so come and drink there." And I had made a point to tell him, like, "Look, if you guys plan on partying after your gig, um, we got to go shopping for beer before your gig." And, you know, they thought nothing of it. And sure enough, their gig was over, like, let's say 11 o'clock, midnight, whatever. There was nowhere to buy beer. There's nowhere to buy beer. Unless you actually went to, like, a bar. Well, so, let's let's table Kenny Bowman. We'll get back to him. But sure. you were talking about, like, on the Bakersfield curve. Like, where does where does um, Golden Corral rank on the Bakersfield curve? Is that, like, like a high-end? It's not high-end, but is no. it, like, more of a medium-grade restaurant? Yeah, I would say... I would say f- I would say for them, it it's still like five, six, seven scale, maybe somewhere thereabouts. Um, for them, um, there were certainly places that were good. I'm not going to say everything there was horrible. There were certainly places that were pretty decent. Uh, believe it or not, there was this amazing, amazing place that made a Chile Verde burritos, but the place was like a taco truck that parked in front of a Home Depot, <laughs> and I was like. One of the uh, the highlights of, of of cuisine out there was uh, the Home Depot taco truck. The what, what's okay? Here's another one. What, what's what is the worst buffet you've ever been to? The worst buffet. Yeah. Um, I would say pretty recently. No, not recently. It had to have been within ten years. I went to Vegas, and somehow connected with Connor Nelson. Remember Connor Nelson? Mm-hmm. I don't know how it happened, but he's like, hey, I'm going to be in Vegas. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm out there for whatever, too. So we hung out for a little bit, and we, uh, I had, like, these vouchers for two free tickets. Or it was a buy one, get one buffet at the Excalibur. Dude, the food fucking sucked. And the whole place smelled like fart. It was weird. I'm not a big buffet guy, to be honest. The worst one I've ever been to is a place called Ponderosa. It's a Ponderosa Steakhouse. Huh. Um. And I'd, I had heard about it a lot prior to going to it because one of the kids, like, so when, when I was assistant, one of the kids I, I coached was a transfer student and their old coach used to take the team to Ponderosa 
And so I just heard, Ponderosa's terrible. It's the worst place ever, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, whatever, you're spinning a drama queen. Like, it can't really be that bad. And I... I was, I went, I was, I was going on an interview. I was trying to, I was look at, at this point, um, I had, I had turned down a head coaching offer at a really prestigious division three school, like, like top in the country called a school called Oberlin. Okay. Um, cause I, I felt like I, I wanted to get another year of experience. I was kind of, that, that's the tough part is like, once you really do get invested and you're ready to be a coach, sometimes you don't want to leave being an assistant. Cause you're like, well, fuck, like I've recruited all these kids and like, I've got all these plans for this year. And like, I want to help, you know, the, these new freshmen that I, I talked to coming here. And so anyhow, that flash forward a year later when I want to leave, like I can't, I'm having so much trouble getting interviews. I, you know, I'm, I'm, turning down, it's not even that I'm turning down head coaching offers. Like I can't get my foot in the door to get an interview. And I go, I go to this school, uh, that's like, it was like West of Columbus, Ohio to interview. And I mean, it was just abysmal. It was like the school itself looked like, like a 1970s, like penal colony. Like, Oh shit. Like you're like, those are either dorms or those are like, jail cells like it had that that sort of just bleak and the, the the i remember the athletic director being so so proud he's like we have a an art of you know a state of the art artificial turf field does the school you're at have a turf field i'm like dude you're in the middle of fucking nowhere and this looks like uh a post-apocalyptic like bunker like what are you what are you talking about yeah. and i remember i was like my mindset was like i even if he offered me this job on the spot with a $20,000 above their listed salary, I really would have to think whether I wanted this job or not. And I just remember like driving away from that place, like being like, is this, is this as good as it gets? I don't know. And I'm like, well, Oh fuck, I'm real hungry. I need to eat something. I always feel better when I eat. I'm, (laughs) I'm, 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 I'm driven by my stomach. I'm like, there's a Ponderosa Steakhouse. It can't be as bad as advertised. Fuck it. I'm going to go. I'll have a bunch like, uh, you know, I live for, or lived anyways for buffets where you can just go out and just shovel a bunch of food on your plate. Right. And I, I just did that. I just tore through all the food at Ponderosa. Um, you know, the same way that, that anyone from Whittier, the Lancer Society has seen me do many times in the past. And like I get in the car, I'm like, man, I don't feel mentally better about any of this. I'm like, I'm driving back. I'm thinking like, fuck, like, is this really as good as it gets? Like, is this, is this the best I can do this a job like the, at the school this shitty? And they didn't even offer it to me yet. I mean, I'm just like, maybe I maybe if this is the best it gets, like coaching just isn't worth it. Should I try to move on? Like, blah, blah, blah. I'm thinking all this and suddenly I feel something wrong in my stomach. Oh, no. <laughs> like... Like there's like a rumbling, like, like, um, like, like, like when, you know, when you see those like tremors before an earthquake in the big disaster movies, yeah, that's what I feel. And like, I try to roll down the window, but I'm driving down the highway and I just start throwing up. Oh no. <laughs> I'm just like, great. What a, what a perfect way to end this day. I have a difficulty because some people will, will swear by certain all you can eat um sushi places like oh this place is really good oh no it's legit it's legit and i'm like uh, i have a hard time believing them like I, I i rarely trust someone when they say try this all you can eat sushi place but i went on a on like a, a friend date with a with an old friend of mine long 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 time. i think i was still in college or maybe i just graduated i don't know 
And we're like, oh, let's check out this all-you-can-eat sushi place. And, dude, I kid you not, we ate our fill, right? We know we, we, we have some rolls and some whatever. But, like, halfway on the drive home from this place in, I think it was in La Habra, back to Whittier, like, I could feel the bubble gut. Like, oh, shit. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Fortunately, I was not driving my date home. She had her own ride, and I was just, like, ripping ass on the drive home. But I, I get to uh, I get to the, the commode, and, dude, it was like, like I'm going to give you, I'm going to paint the image. It was like, you know that Pokemon Squirtle? You know how like that? Yeah. That's like that's sure. that's how it came out of my my bee hole. It was just like, like it just, yeah. It was not good. You know that po- Pokemon Squirtle? Yeah. That's how it came out of my bee hole. You you were a poet I, among men. I sometimes Armando. I guess you you do the, the Whittier College name proud. <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, I remember having a conversation with her too, like like afterwards, and I, apparently she had similar symptoms too. Although she didn't, she wasn't as graphic in her description of her butt, you know, pooing water. One of those things I will, I will always, I will always pay top dollar for sushi if it's good and, and like a steak if it's good. But I won't, I won't eat a a cheap steak unless someone swears it's awesome or a cheap sushi unless someone swears it's awesome. So so real real quick, I just want to say you're welcome to the the listeners. I want you guys to know that we, we got all of your emails asking for more vomit and poo related segments on the podcast. We're like, look, we, we will deliver. Okay. Even if, if we have to go out and and make some new segments with questionable eating choices, we'll do it for you. So, so you guys just know, like we heard you, we, we understand and we respect your, your, your calls. So like, if you want more of this, please just keep sending those emails and, uh, we, you know, we'll do what we got to do. But, um, but (laughs) moving on from that segment, um, from Squirtle of my beehole. Yeah, you know what? I was gonna talk about Kenny Bowman. I lost, I lost interest because when we were talking about symptoms, I'm like Porterville. He wanted a party. He he was from Porterville. He, he was your oh roommate. oh okay. Well, we we can, we can go back on that. Um, no, I was just it was just he, he was he was not a, God. I'm just realizing like I've lived a lot, around a lot of pot dealers. <laughs> I, this this is how this is how naive like you know like 18 year old me was. When, you know, he, he got assigned to me freshman year and um, the, our, our, the phone was constantly, this was like when there was still like, uh, there wasn't just cell phones or actual like landlines in, in dorm rooms uh, back in those the ancient dark years. Uh-huh. And the fucking phone in our room was like constantly ringing, like bring, you know, and he, he'd answer, oh yeah, okay, yeah, I'll come meet you. And then... I remember thinking, like, man, Kenny's just, like, really popular. <laughs> like, pe- people just, I guess, I don't know, I guess when you're, like, a fo- football star or whatever, I that was that was literally what I thought. And then, like, a week later, I was like, oh, he's he's selling pot. I didn't These know are people that. that want pot. I didn't know he did that. Oh, well, that's, so that that is why he became no longer my roommate oh. because... <laughs> The school found out that he was selling pot, and he 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 went ran through his his. I don't know if they had a three strike policy, but he was on strike like ten. Oh shit! And they were like, "We don't give a shit if you're the football star. Like you're out of here." Yeah. Um. I I remember this. This was all happening too. Like right when I tore my ACL, and I was. I mean, I was just in like a bad mood, and I I had been sort of friendly with Kenny. I wouldn't call us friends. He he might have thought we were friends. Mm. Um. And it finally got to the point where, like, there had just been so much bullshit and that I just, I just, 
picked up i just took all of his stuff and put it on the hallway outside oh, of a room and he he came back and he was like well, what are you doing and i was like oh i know you need to move out so i was i was helping you. he's like well i could have done it i'm like well i did it for you and there was a moment where he's like is this dude are we gonna fight and i was i, I was so mad i i the, the thing the thing about me i don't know if, if you figured this out from just just being friends is like i actually don't like conflict i'm not a person who's confrontational particularly fighting yeah but i'm also not afraid of it the way a lot of people are so i had this instinct of like okay if we're gonna have conflict whether it's a yelling match or a fight i'm gonna do it so big so it just gets over as quick as possible and it doesn't happen again so like it's like a very slow build and then once i hit that point i'm like from like you know like zero to a hundred because i'm like fuck it let's end this right now i don't like this <laughs> like we're doing this let's go and i think i think kenny had had probably been in enough scraps in porterville where he just saw the look in my eyes he's like all right no i'm not gonna this will be strike 11 for me we're not, I'm not gonna get in a fight in the hallway of stoffer but um kenny kenny not the most like respectful as a roommate but some of his friends on the football team who uh, I later found out were Crips. Oh shit! We're great. We're great guys. They were super. They they were super respectful. Cause like it, all the time, like I would try to be. I would try to. I was trying to sleep. You know, they'd come in at like one in the morning, like raise a ruckus. And I remember it was it was always the guys who who I don't know if they were former Crips. I don't know if they were active. I don't know how that that works exactly. But um, they'd come in and they'd be like, "Oh shit, Aaron's trying to sleep. Come on, man. come on, y'all, let's get out of here." I was like. Fucking that's that's right, face. <laughs> oh, face is a crib. There, I know face. Face, yeah. I love face. Face and face. And, and, and Tuan, like they were, they were good. They're fucking good guys. Yeah, face was awesome. Face, he was face, awesome. Face lived uh, across from. You probably remember this when we were in Harris. See, yes, you can tell the story. Face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will tell the story now. Uh, we. Uh, Face lived with I think he lived with Joe DeMarco that year Yeah, he lived with Joey D Joey D was uh, from ASU Former like stud defensive end But had fucked up his knee really bad So he went to Widger to kind of like I guess continue to play football And slash rehab his knee Or I don't know Slash do steroids Sure, do steroids No, you know what? I think it was half and half with that guy Because yes, he was swole like a motherfucker But he also He he ate peanut butter and tuna fish like no Uh other Like that's all he ate it's, it's, it was breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And he also did. St- I, I mean, I can tell you for I. I was in the room when they were having a conversation about going to to Tijuana to get started. All right. Well, that, can, there you can, go. Can, can, can continue on. So, so Joey, Joey D, Joey D was awesome too. I like that guy too. Joey D and Face were 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 avid pot smokers. Whereas across the hall where we lived, we were we were big time drinkers. We lived in the same floor, so we had the same residential advisor. And nobody, nobody, nobody liked this kid. Uh, nobody liked this guy. He was, he was, he was a pen, which is like kind of, I wouldn't say a rival fraternity, but it's like one of the other male fraternities at Woodyard College. And um, so, so, so put it here to, to help the list. Put it in terms of Animal House. Sure. Who, who if in, in 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 the Animal House universe, which fraternity would the pens be? God, I don't remember the name of that fraternity anymore. The uh, we were definitely the Animal House fraternity, the Deltas, and they were the um, whatever the other one is, the one with Niedermeyer and all those fucking dorks, those fucking kiss ass well, dorks. So, so, so let me let me put it this way: every every male fraternity 
on, at Whittier would also say that they were the animal house fraternity. No, but they weren't. Except for the pens yeah. who would be like, oh, they were dirty and gross. No. Yeah, no. They, <laughs> That's not us. Yeah, no, those guys, those guys thought they were God's gift to everything. Anyway, so this guy, I'm not going to say his name because um, <laughs> I think he still lives in Whittier, so I'm not going to say his name. But this guy, this, this RA, nobody, nobody liked. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to backtrack just a little bit to kind of paint some context to this story. This was like the first week that the semester started and people were kind of checking into their dorm rooms and this RA, this pen, was hanging out in the lounge, open alcohol containers, drinking beer with a bunch of his other pen friends. But because the majority of the campus had not moved in yet, he felt like it was safe to kind of go ahead and pop a can of beer or several cans of beers, drink, talk some shit. Just I, I didn't care. I walked, I saw them. I was like, yeah, that's cool, no big deal. Walked to my room. Fast forward like a week, two weeks later, when now more students had moved into the to the campus. I'm trying to like sneak in like a 12 pack or an 18 pack, and like I wrap it with like a t-shirt or something so that that way they don't see me walking in with it. And he was totally being like Niedermeyer, like nosy like rat and he's like hey what do you got in there and i go uh beer so i ended up getting written up so that was the beginning of why i did not like this motherfucker but that was that was like how he operated like he he thought he can get away with anything because he was an ra and he he but he was like this big fucking dork that nobody liked so fast forward this RA lives on the same side of the hall with Face and Joey DeMarco, who were both on the football team. Face was this tall, black uh, receiver, funny guy, down-to-earth, cool shit. Um, I think I cut his hair once, too. I know I used to cut Joey DeMarco's hair, too. Anyway, Joey DeMarco is a defensive end lineman. Okay, so these guys are like, these guys are football players, and then across the hall you got these fraternity guys that were just drinkers. They were potheads. I don't know how it happened, but... This RA, like, I don't recall, like, if he called, like, a little town meeting or a little town, little RA floor meeting, but he was pissed because someone had thrown shit on his door. Like, literally, like, someone had splattered a bunch of fucking human feces on his door. <laughs> and he assumed that it was the Lancers. He assumed it was us. We didn't, uh, we, for sure, we, we flat denied it. It wasn't any of us. We were, we we're not that crazy fast forward several months later it comes to find out it was uh it was one of the residents in that other room with football players i won't i won't say who but it was one of those guys that uh i guess he was taking a shit and uh you know didn't like and uh, no, no no okay okay wow this is crazy because i i've heard this story from faces perspective okay because I, I didn't really know you guys that well what happened was uh, we'll just call him Niedermeyer. Niedermeyer had written up face up once and then he did it a second time and he made the mistake of writing face up the second time when, when face was completely fucked up. I think probably, um, probably that sounds like more of a drunk than a high yeah. and face was like, Oh, you write me up. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah. And that's that. We're, 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 look, we're not saying that it was face. We don't. We cannot confirm one way or the other. Neither of us was there, and even if we were, it's been proven that eyewitnesses are completely unreliable. Yeah. So we're not. We, we you, you cannot use this recording in a court of law against face. 
But um, yeah, it was it was face. <laughs> yeah, but those guys were solid. Those guys, Joey. D. I think I cut Joey D's hair. It was once a fight, like, like you know, you know, Ricky Ortiz is a kind of a hot-headed guy, and Joey D was cool. With, mm-hmm. Joey D was cool with just about everybody, whether you're a football player, a, a fraternity, Lancer guy, whatever. He was cool. Then, and he was. We were having dinner at the CI. It was Joey D, myself, Little Rick. And a couple other Lancers. And this was around during pledging, I recall. And, uh, you know, Aaron, you you remember when you're a squire, you know, you got to greet the, 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 the active Lancer members with hello, sir, blah, 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 blah. And if we're eating mm-hmm. and if we're eating in the CI, well, so be it. You got to greet us in the middle of the CI where everyone can see. So we're all sitting at a table, me, Joey D, Ricky, and a couple other Lancers. And then the squires walk in. The squires greet us all like, hello, sir, blah, 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 blah. And right next to us was a table of like um, Pacific Islanders. I, I don't remember if they were Hawaiian or, or Samoan. Um, I don't quite recall. What... Uh, they were that, that crew at Whittier. They were mostly Hawaiian. Okay, so they were mostly Hawaiian. They were the type of Hawaiian that thought they were all thugs too. They thought they were from like Compton. We're like, no, you're you're from Hawaii, bro. Relax. And uh, uh, I, so, so just quick newsflash. Yes, they're they're dude. There's a part of Hawaii where it's like hard. Sure, like I get it, it's, but it's still Hawaii. Yeah. And you're in L.A. uh, I just think it's funny. You you understand, like, the perception that most of the country, it's like, yeah, Los Angeles, it's all beaches and it's sunny and it's it's like palm trees. That's that's how people view L.A. And then you're just now you're doing the same thing to Hawaii. Okay, fine. Anyway. Carry on with your limited worldview. There was no way in hell these guys were as hard as they pretended they were. Okay, they just they just they weren't. Yeah, well, yes. If they were at Whittier College, by default, no, they weren't. Okay, so there you go. Like, anyway, you're trying to disprove my theory. So these guys start laughing at this. Hey, 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 hey. Don't talk bad about Max Holloway. This is what this all comes down to. But go, continue. But does Max Holloway have anything to do? Anyway. He's from Hawaii, and where he grew up, it's rough. It's a rough yeah, area. Max, That's why he is who he yeah, is. But Max is. And a, it is what it is. Yeah, continue. Yeah, but Max is a nice guy. He's a nice Hawaiian. He Ma- happens Max to fight. is who he is because it is what it oh, is. God. Thanks for interrupting the story. Anyway, so these trademark this, uh, this table C- carry on with your story. This table full of Hawaiians. Um, I won't interrupt anymore. I promise. This table full of Hawaiians. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for you to fucking say something, you jackass. This table full of Hawaiians, like starts making fun of the uh, squires for greeting us, and uh, of course Ricky, as hot headed as he is, um, like starts talking crap to the Hawaiian dudes. Ended up being like it was like four or five lancers. We went. There was like okay, we're gonna fight. We're gonna rumble. All right, we're gonna fight these Hawaiian guys. Are talking shit to our squires. And we went downstairs. And ended up being Ricky was like one on one with this one guy that talked the most shit. And the rest of the Hawaiians wanted to jump in. You could tell. And I was like, if you guys jump in, we gotta jump in. And uh, we had the reason that they probably didn't jump in was because Joey D was like there, like having our backs. He was not, there's no way in hell Joey was going to fight, but he was just kind of like part of our crew. Like, yeah, if you fuck with my friends, I might have to, you know, and Joey, like Joey is this, I would imagine he's like 5'10", 6 feet tall, probably weighed like two and a quarter, like big muscular. So, yeah. He was just a little rectangle of a human being. He, he was not very tall, but he was, a, he was a block. Yeah, cool dude, cool dude, him and face. But the, the reason I brought all that up w- was... I got along best with with uh, shoot. I'm trying to remember. There was there was face. There was P. There were that that whole crew. I got along with them the best. And and 
I think it was just because of the mindset I had towards them was like, oh, like these these are people to be respected. It wasn't some sort of false like you know lip service. The way I thought about it, I'm like, oh, like they're they're older, like they're they're you know seniors uh, in the athletic department. Like they they've got some like real shit like experiences like out in life. And I didn't even, I mean. I'm not going to say who it was, but one of the guys in, the, in that crew, uh, I knew he had a record because he he was fucked up one night and it was cold and he was like, you know, hammered and he was just, just trying to find a place to sleep. And there was a parked car that had the door unlocked and he just, he just crawled inside the parked car <laughs> and went to sleep. And then he went to, he went to County for, for grand theft. Wow. Because he was asleep in the car. And that, that to me though, like that wasn't like... Oh my god, you have a criminal record. I was like, fuck, that's one that's bullshit. Two, like that could have happened to anyone. And three, like, man, you've you've seen stuff in the world that I haven't. Yeah. Like, that's deserving of respect. Like, you've gone through things I haven't, you've endured things. Like, we're still here. You and I are in the same place, and you you're you're much farther. And and this again, this is just how I thought about it. You're you're, you're kind of like your horizons in this world are much bigger than mine. Like I should respect you for all those reasons. And that's, that's how I thought about them. And they definitely picked up on it and we were pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Those guys are all, they're all good dudes at heart. I don't know if that would have translated to rural. It was like this, this place was on the North Carolina, South Carolina border. I don't, I don't know if they would have been like, yo, there's this weird white dude that's in our neighborhood now. Like, no, yeah, yeah. I don't know how that would have gone down. Yeah, I don't know either. Who knows? Yeah, I liked. I used to like living in the dorms. That's what. That's what made part of the experience of being at at Whittier College fun was like living in the dorms and getting into some shenanigans every now and again. What sucks now is that, you know, it started when when we were still students. They they first like they made one dorm room like completely substance free, meaning you couldn't have any alcohol even if you're 21. Mm-hmm. You couldn't smoke cigarettes. You couldn't do shit. And little by little, they kind of spread that philosophy to the rest of the campus. To my understanding, mm. the entire Whittier College campus is like substance-free, smoke-free, blah, 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 blah. And not for nothing, but it makes the entire campus like sterile. Like it makes it like not fun to be there. Like I, I, I don't see these kids having fun anymore, you know, when they're students at Whittier College. You don't, you know, you want to go into dorms and get into some trouble and cause a little bit of a ruckus and you can't do that. I don't know. It, a lot of these guys are commuters now too. They don't even, they don't even, they opt to not even stay in the dorms. They're like, what's in it for me? staying in the dorms. There's, there's, you can't have fun when you're on, on, on the dorms and I got to pay whatever $20,000 extra just to live in the goddamn dorms. Like I may as well just be a commuter. Yeah. Well, or just live off campus. I mean, that's the, kind of the shitty part about, Los Angeles in general is like, to, to be fair, I, this is from my perspective. I think getting drunk in the dorms really wasn't that fun. It'd be a lot better if you actually did go out and partake in all the things that you could do in Los Angeles, you know, particularly when you're of age. But fucking when you're a college student, you can't afford that in Los Angeles. Yeah. There's not like 50 cent beer nights like like in, in, in Stroudsburg. Um, and that was the last school I, I coached at. You, you, there were there were like all night cab services that would run between the college and and Main Street Strasburg. If you wanted to walk to Main Street, 
there, that was no problem. You could, it was a long walk, but you could definitely do it. And it was fucking cheap. Everything was catered to students. Yeah. Like, and it was affordable. It was, that was the whole point. Like that was their demo in LA. They're like, well, there's this small little, little, you know, 1200 person college. Fuck you. Like, you're not going to make or break us. Like we need, we need to set our prices, you know, where we're going to be able to, to turn a profit, like in Whittier College, that's not going to affect our bottom line one way or the other. Fuck off, Whittier students. Whittier has become a lot more of a business and a lot less of a college. Um, they've had, they Now they have like a new president and it's all, it's strictly business, strictly list service. She's a total politician, just like the one before her, just total politicians. They're not really, they don't really care about the, the Quaker spirit, quote unquote Quaker spirit that Whittier where your college comes from, it's more like, how can we make more money? And they're just losing money out of their ass, from my understanding. Like less and well, less people are wanting to go to Whittier College. Well, so that, that's that's the other thing. Um, every every small private college, that is their main focus. I mean, and again, I told you, I, I've I'm trying to remember. I, the last school I worked at was a public uh, university. The Three schools prior to that were all private. And I interviewed at way more private schools. And the interviews is really where it comes out. Like, they're worried about how many uh, kids you can recruit because um, they, they're worried about putting, you know, kids in dorms. They're worried about tuition. Like, they, so many of those schools are just trying to, you know, keep afloat. Yeah. And it literally, the, 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 the next to last school I worked at, it, it, it this 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 sort of thing would go out through the athletic department. It would be I'm paraphrasing, but you'd get an email that, not in these words, said, "Well, the admissions department fucked up. Uh, they didn't get nearly as many kids to enroll as we need. Uh, we need every athletics team to bring in five more recruits." And you're like, "What? Yeah. Like how the fuck? You know." And that was a real thing. It was like every year is like, okay, is this school going to go out of business? Yeah. And I know there's plenty of, of private schools that have already gone out of business. And that's that's on the horizon for many more. So it's not not a shock. Yeah. But I think that's – Of all the things that we're here, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not like heartbroken to hear about the dorms. I'm like, eh. See, but that's – again, what that's is. what I'm saying from my perspective. Living in the dorms was what made – living in the dorms, being a Lancer is what made – my experience kind of whole complete you know there's also the also the time i spent working the in the theater department the scene shop with with those guys and mm-hmm. there were there were things there were that made that experience fun and you take away the the you take away the the fun of <laughs> you know sneaking a keg into your dorm room hiding it in the closet and having beers for like a week a flat beers for like a week inside your dorm like taking away that fun uh, like doesn't doesn't round out my experience that I had in Whittier, you know? It's it's it's, it's getting into a little bit of trouble that made it fun for me. It is that's so so for me too. Uh, I mean, I would say I would echo everything you said, particularly living in the dorms. But th- getting drunk and fucked up in the dorms was not the fun part of it for me. Getting into trouble, some of it was fun, but none of the stuff that I I look back at where I'm like, oh, we I got into to church. I'll, okay, so let me let me give you an example. This is this is one of the nights. Where I, I got into some trouble and it was legitimately fun for me. The art building and um, no, it wasn't. It wasn't in the art building. It was. So, so you remember there was that like Campus Olympics thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember what they it was had called it for like the first two three years and then they stopped doing it? Um, 
I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't matter. So, so it, was, it was like an all-campus Olympics, and each dorm would have their team. And there was an off-campus off team. And the, the, the year that this all went down, the off-campus team, which was a lot of lacrosse players, came in second. And they lost to the Aspect team, which was the foreign exchange students, <laughs> because... Aspect was fucking meticulous about there were all these stupid like there were there were athletic events, there was a relay race, there was softball, there's stuff like this, but there were all these like random little shitty events like like bingo and the karaoke and like aspect had people show up to every single yeah, event so and just more points for them. So yeah, so so they, exactly they got more points. And so so this is all after this all goes down and this, this was when I had started hanging out with the lacrosse players a little bit more. They had an this off-campus townhouse. And I'm I I go to this place I'm you know fucked up drinking cheap whiskey with them and they're just the whole night they're just salty that they lost they're like that should that trophy should have been ours we should have won blah blah I'm just <laughs> I'm getting little 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 drunker and drunker and healing this and finally I'm just I just I'm like they, they say it again we what's this fucking bullshit we should have won I'm like you want that trophy and they're like yeah I'm like. I'm gonna get you that trophy. Okay, so you're telling me your fun does not revolve around booze. But you're telling me a story where you get fucked up. No, I said it doesn't. Revol- like, you, you, I, I I don't give a shit about drinking in the dorms. My point is, I had more fun with that sort of stuff outside the dorms and getting in trouble. So I'm telling you a story about getting drunk, getting into trouble that didn't really revolve gotcha. around a dry dorm one gotcha. or the other. Um, so. The, the way that they told this to me, it was like, like they said, yeah, I want that trophy. And I said, okay, I'm going to get you that trophy. I got up, open, the, open their front door, walk out, leave the front door just open. And they, they said, I, go, I walked right into the middle street, turned on like a perfect right angle, and then just left on a dead sprint. And I'm just, so I, and I remember, I remember sprinting from this, this, um, this, this uh, off-campus townhouse all the way back to campus, just full run, just drunk as fuck, like panting. And and in my fucking drunk mind, I didn't, I didn't figure. Oh, they would be keeping the 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 trophy in the actual dorm. The only thing that I knew that was associated with aspect was where they had classes. Yeah. <laughs> the aspect. So like, me. so yeah. So I'm I'm like creeping around the aspect building in the middle of the night. I, I legit hear the Mission Impossible theme music, like, dun, 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 dun. And then I realize that it's not that I hear it, it's that I'm I'm making the sounds with my mouth. I'm just, like, prowling around this building going, dun, 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 dun. And then, lo and behold, I literally fi- I found an open window. And I... I, oh, I, I I crawl into this open window. I'm like frantically not running around the aspect classrooms, like freaked out because like not because at that at that point like it it started to dawn on me like oh I just broke into a building like I this as could be not not real good and I can't find the trophy and I'm just I'm just like p- panicked like fuck I'm gonna get caught I can't find the trophy I but I can't go back empty handed so there so in in the aspect building. There was this big frame, like nice frame, like glass um, poster that said, do you want to take English classes in England? And I'm like, uh, that's not the trophy, but that's what I'm fucking taking. <laughs> <laughs> and I take I take the trophy. I managed to get or not the trophy. I take the uh, the this this frame poster. I managed to get back out the window with it and just just like 
I'm in like a dead, well, not a, I was going to say a dead sprint back to, to the dorms, except it wasn't. I was like running from like building to building. Like, like it was uh, one of those, those video games with like really shitty artificial intelligence right. where like, if you go to like a dark spot, they can't see you and they forget gotcha. for a second. Like that's, that's what I'm doing. If you can picture this zigzagging my way through campus, like I run over to the science building. Okay. They can't see me. I run to the art building. Okay. They can't see me all the way back to Harris. And I get to Harris. I'm just panting. I'm out of breath. I'm like, Oh my God. Oh my God. What do I do with this thing? God, Someone saw me. I can't. I can't have the evidence on me. So I knock on Christian Barron's <laughs> door in the middle of the night. Like here, hide this. He's got a. He's got a single exact. You know, and I, I go to him like, like here, you have to hide this under your bed. If if anyone comes, you never talk to me. And he's like, what? I'm like, Just hide this under this bed. He's like sleepy. He's like, okay, uh, sure, I'll hide it under my bed. <laughs> he hi- he hides it under his bed. I'm like, I did it. I got away. And then the next thing I realize, I'm like, oh no. Apparently sprinting r- randomly for 30 minutes with a belly full of whiskey was a bad oh, idea. No. Go into go to guys, guys, we got the emails midway through the podcast that you wanted more vomit segments. <laughs> Your prayers have been answered. I vomit again all over just the 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 the, the dorm room. To my credit, that same night, drunk and fucked up, I clean it up. I like get sanitizer, I spray it, I clean everything up and pass out. And that was um, not the not the vomiting at the end, but that whole that whole experience was pretty pretty fun for me. That that uh, apparently that that poster because the next day I actually did take the poster and I gave it to the lacrosse guys at this house. I'm like, I tried to seal the trophy. This is the best I could do, and they're like, uh, "You're insane." Thanks, I guess. <laughs> and. That poster made it for three months before someone knocked it off the wall and shattered it during a party. But you know, I tried. I was I, I was almost a man of my word. Did the what, best I could. Whatever happened to the real trophy? Do you know? I don't know. I mean, I, I from that I was like, you know what? I, I was I, I did my part. So I'm assuming Aspect had it in their dorm, which is what you would. If you really thought about it logically, you're like, yeah, obviously they would keep it in their dorm, not in the fucking class building. But at that point, I was like, okay, I've, I've, I've moved on from this. I, I, without being fueled by cheap Canadian whiskey, the, the urge to steal a trophy in the middle of the night just isn't quite as strong. Where's your college? It was a good place. But, but again, none of that really uh, required drinking in the dorm rooms. Like no, all, there, that, all, there that, was... all those shenanigans and trouble... For me, I'm just talking about for me personally. I never, I never enjoyed the the, the dorm sure, room. Sure, sure. There, there was each, each there was certainly moments uh, that we got into some trouble off campus as well. Um, do you did you live did you live on campus when we had those those rolling blackouts like for almost a year? Yes. Oh, oh my God. So that's <sighs> Jesus Christ. That that was the worst trouble that I ever got into. My 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 pledging. I mean, again, it, it, like looking back, um, I would have just been a lot more aware of like human limitations and capabilities. Because uh, I was trying to go, I was going through Hell Week in lacrosse and Hell Week in pledging at the same time. Mm. Which, like, you'd, like a body just isn't meant to do that. They're like, they're like lacrosse, they're trying to like physically and mentally break you down. Pledging, they're trying to physically and mentally break you down. I'm doing both on like four hours of sleep. I don't, but the the one where I got into the most trouble was I, there there was a, a rolling there was going to be a blackout and 
I was the only one on the whole fucking team that didn't get the memo because I was doing pledging stuff. <laughs> so, and this is, you know, this is like before, like when we still use like alarm clocks that plugged into the wall. So my alarm clock just doesn't go off in the morning. And I just sleep like all the way until noon. It was a Saturday. We we're supposed to have two days. We we're supposed to have a practice in the morning, a practice, um, at, you know, in the afternoon. And I just sleep through the entire morning practice. And I'm like, fuck. So, and I, and I, I show up, um, show up to the afternoon practice, well rested for the first time, all <laughs> pledging, mind you. And they're just like, where were you? And I didn't even try to, I, I was super literal. I'm not like, well, I didn't know that the, uh, there was going to be a blackout, any of that. Like I, I just literally answered, they're like, where were you? And I go, I was asleep. And they're like, all right, start running. So I'm just the whole practice. I'm just running laps around the, uh, the, the, the practice. And this is the other fucking crazy part in my head. I was like, I don't, I, I don't want to have them look at me once and see that I've slowed down. So I'm going to run like, like fast, like the whole time. I don't want to see them. I don't want, cause and actually, like I said, I was actually well rested yeah. for, for the, for the first time. So I had some energy. I hadn't done that. I'm like, I'm going to fuck, I'm going to run like a good clip. So I, I literally, I think I did. Oh, I can't remember how many, it was so many laps I was counting. I think it came out to like 15, 16 miles. Oh shit. I ran around in the, that practice. I mean, I was running like I was running a race. And then at the end of it, they're like, Hey, uh, we want you to jump in this drill real quick. Like, and it was supposed to like, I don't know what the thinking was. I think it was to embarrass me or whatever. And I was just, I was just like, so fucking amped up and then I get this adrenaline rush like I'm fucking gonna get into a drill all right let's do this so I actually did well in the drill and then uh and then proceeded to to go back to to the locker room after the practice um try to jump and touch the rim and badly sprain my ankle what were you trying if, if you remember you to do touching the rim just oh wow god good good lord this all ties back together I was, <laughs> I was, I was walking. I was just, I can't remember where. where I, I don't know if I had to go see the coach or what the deal was, but I Ken, Kenny Bowman oh, shit. <laughs> and Joe DeMarco and and their friend Reza were just playing basketball in in the athletic center, and Ke, Kenny <laughs> Kenny tried to tried to junk and got about as high as the net, and I was laughing at him. Um, and he's like, whatever. He's like, you can't jump either. And I was like, fuck you. Yes, I can. And then didn't really take into account that I just run 15 miles. Oh. <laughs> I got to jump. And 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 because I like I used to be able to get like almost um, I could get like like midway uh, through my forearm above the rim. Like I, 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 it, I was at the point where like anything I could palm, I could dunk pretty easily. And I just couldn't palm a basketball and I was like fuck you Kenny Bowman I'll show you up and uh looking back it was like all the stuff that you worry about a freshman player doing like drugs like getting in trouble getting arrested like failing classes I didn't do any of that stuff I did all this other random shit like hurting my ankle trying to touch the rim um oh you god you probably didn't even you didn't even know me when I did this one I missed a lot of fall ball because uh, our, our, our good old, good old friend Tori bought a, a, like a, like a used beater where you could not, you could not open the driver's side door. <laughs> Tori and funny. I went, I went to, to go through the window into the, the driver's seat 
and there was a jagged piece of metal oh. and it just sliced it sliced this huge gash over my knee. It was like down to like where you could see I don't know if it was if it was bone or anything, but it was just bleeding so bad. I remember them trying to drive me to the hospital and there was just blood everywhere. And I walk into the 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 was it a right aid in the quad and weir? Back then, yeah. Whatever it was. I walk into it because I'm like, fuck, like you're not gonna make it to the the hospital without like blood everywhere. I'm like, I'm just <laughs> I'm just like I'm just in the, the right aid trying to figure out where some like gauze or something is, just bleeding all over the floor in the fucking right aid. And and they just seem it like and you know, it's like not like the quad is like the worst neighborhood in the world. Like it's it's you know decent for Whittier, but it's still Whittier, so they're like, fuck, we don't wanna know why. Yeah. This fucking white boy is bleeding all over store. So they just they just give me a bunch of gauze and they're like get out of our store. They even make <laughs> make me pay for That's it. Funny. Like I'm putting pressure. And yeah, I show up to the emergency room and it took me a while to realize all that their early questions were trying to ascertain if I had been stabbed, if this was gang related. <laughs> like wow. And then and then finally, like when I'm like I'm like oh no, I I tried to jump through the the window of a uh, old car and I sliced my leg open and they're like, Oh, he's just a moron. He's not a gang member. He's a fucking idiot. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty accurate. But some, so, so basically my point was all that the, 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 the bloody leg included was because of the rolling blackout. Good story. It was, it, it wasn't my fault. It was fucking Whittier's power. Yeah. So, uh, for, for for reference, since some of our listeners may not have been part of Whittier College dormitories around that time, um, we were having like rolling blackouts. Whittier College was on its own like uh, power grid, and had like been contractually ob- obligated with like the uh, the power company out here to like be one of the first places to cut power to kind of conserve energy. And uh, Whittier College was, like, we would have, like, these blackouts here and there for almost an entire year. You can imagine being a student, like, having to work on a paper and turn it in and, and fucking do all your homework, all this stuff's on online or on computers, and you couldn't do half your shit. Um, but we made fun. We, we made do of those rolling blackouts and try to have fun with or without uh, electricity. The one cool thing, the one cool, I guess, series of moments for me was during the bl- rolling blackouts was um, being that we were Lancers, we had uh, we had access to, like, our pledging lanterns. So a few of us that lived in Harris C, I think it was James. No, it wasn't James. It was, like, Aaron. It was Aaron Ellis, myself, um, Zach, Matt Remquitz, a couple other guys maybe. We would we would take furniture out from inside of the dorm and park it like on the outside, like in the courtyard area of Harris. Set up our tables. We would play spades, and then we because it was dark as fuck out, you couldn't really tell. We'd have our lanterns up. That was like our only source of light. But we also had like these big gulps that we'd fill with like beer and or like booze and mix drinks or whatever. And uh, yeah, good times, getting hammered and. With your college dorms, playing spades with the friends. Everyone else is looking at us like, what the fuck? How do you guys have light? Duh, we're Lancers. We got lanterns. That was kind of fun. Um, that that actually reminded me. I feel like this episode is, is story time. Sure. So th- this one only th- sort of tangentially relates to what we've been talking about, but it, it, but it is uh, definitely um, relates to, to, to current events. So... 
part of the reason why I, it, it seems like I, I, I'm just not that worried about um, the the dorms, and it was because I was just never someone who's like real into drugs or alcohol, you know, particularly drugs. I, I the, the first semester of my freshman year, I smoked way more marijuana than I ever have in my life. <laughs> probably combined just because I was goddamn roommates with Kenny Bowman, who was like, Hey, you want to go outside and match with me? And I was like, all right, (laughs) a little freshman, like I don't really have a lot of friends. Okay. Um, but and then cause you were saying that I'm like, yeah, I've I've just never really taken drugs. You know, I didn't, didn't partake in uh, any meth when, when it was available in Stroudsburg. (laughs) (laughs) And then I I thought about, I'm like, no, that's not true. Like I've taken a lot of drugs. Like, I was, I was a fucking, I mean, I don't, I don't know if addict is the right word, but it was like disturbing to, 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 to people when they, they saw, yeah, exactly the whole array of pills. And it wasn't, it wasn't like I was going out and getting them in shady backroom deals. Like doctors were prescribed, they were prescribing them. I was taking them exactly how the doctors were prescribing, but I'm like, dude, I was on a fuck ton of medication. Um, so just to, I mean, just to give you the gist, like the first one I, I they, they put me on, uh, they put me on because they, they thought uh, I needed to sleep better. And it was a, it was a, oh God, what was the name of it? Did you ever see Silver Linings Playbook? Yeah, I love that movie. Jennifer Lawrence is hot. It, exactly. Well, and, and it, well, yes, that is, that I think, undisputable. That's just an objective fact. Jennifer Lawrence is hot. Um, but there's that scene where like, like Jennifer Lawrence and Bradley Cooper are comparing all the medications. Yeah. It's like, Oh, do you take this one? Do you yeah. take, and then, and then there, there, there's one where it's like, I, I can't remember if it was, it wasn't, um, I'm, I'm blanking on it. It starts with a T, but anyhow, she's like, do you take that one? She's like, he's like, Oh yeah, that one makes you feel dead inside. <laughs> yeah. That was the first one that they put me on. Cause they're like, Oh, you're not sleeping. And it's like, and it's like, yeah, I'm not sleeping because I'm in a bunch of pain and, and like, there's no position that can, you know, stay comfortable. And they're like, well, let's, let's put you on like a really, really potent antidepressant for off label use so you can sleep better. And I was like, okay, I'll do that. Um, you know, and I was, I was on a whole, a whole slew of things, um, including, including, uh, some some muscle relaxers. I was I was on Valium for a minute. The really fucked up ones were the, the ones for for nerve pain. There's there's a, a drug called gabapentin. Um, that was fun. It just made and and with all these drugs, it, it they alter who you are. They alter your personality. At least for me, they yeah. did. Um, and I was sort of aware. I'm like, you know, I'm not. I'm not, I feel like I'm kind of fuzzy. I'm not quite as. I'm not as sharp as. I normally am, I, and I. But when you're on that stuff, you just cannot realize the the depths of how much it's fucking you yeah. up. Because you're 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 mentally compromised. Uh, Lyrica was another one that they put me on. It sounds really nice and fun. There's a fucking butterfly in the commercial, <laughs> um, and one of the side effects, if you read all of them, is suicidal thoughts. And I'm like, yo, yeah, <laughs> I had those. <laughs> that's thanks, that's fun, thanks, Doc. Appreciate it. For for all you detectives at home playing along, I did not commit suicide, um, but I did have a very detailed suicide plan because I wanted oh, to make shit. sure that if I was going to do it, like, because that was the one. This is this is my thinking. I'm like, well, I'm really fucked up. Like, my my thinking's not real clear, and I know a lot of people who try to commit suicide don't do it successfully. 
So I don't want to be one of those assholes who does it like half-assed and then is like brain dead but still alive. Oh, like if I'm going to kill myself, like I'm going to – we're going to like dot all the, the, the I's and cross the T's. Like we're going to get this, this suicide done right. Um, that's a whole nother – that's a whole nother – Topic. That was a that was a dark time. Jesus, <laughs> but, tell me about it. No, I'd rather not right now. But no, yeah, the, I, I did the, literally mean tell me about it. That is that is its own podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but I will say one of the turning points where I was like, I I suddenly was aware of how much all these these medications were affecting me, just physically, mentally, you know, emotionally, all all of the above was. It was towards the end of the season. I think we had like f- three or four games left, and it was a team that one I knew we could beat. It was a winnable game for us, and uh, we hadn't had that many wins that season. And I also just did not like their coach. He was just like a little shit, just a little slimy shit. And this was this was towards the end of my. This was when I was a head coach, and I'm like fucking like I need to get a win. I and I don't like this guy on top of it. But my, I had I had so much inflammation in in my body, like that the the doctor I had wanted to hospitalize me. They're like, let's just like put you in a hospital. Like we're gonna give you like IV drips. Like we need to get the inflammation down. I'm like, no, um, I I <laughs> I have to go to Edinburgh, Pennsylvania because we we this is a winnable conference game for us. And they're like, what? <laughs> like, do. You, uh, did you hear the part where like we're saying you need to go like to the hospital because you're, you're <laughs> the inflammation in your body is at the point where like you, you, it, there could be some organ complications and I was like no fuck I'm not losing to to Kev- God I, I guess I'm gonna use his name I'm not gonna lose to Kevin Cook that fucking little shit yeah. and we're winning this game and they're like well all right but we have to do uh, something to get the inflammation down. I'm like, fine, just, just do whatever, do whatever you need to do so I can go to that game. And they're like, all right, we're going to put you on a, on a Dex pack. It's like a, it's like a five day course of dexamethasone. What the fuck is that? <laughs> Which, it sounds like fucking like, it sounds like a methadone. No, it's, it's so, so anytime you see a, a drug and an own, it is a steroid and steroids, yeah, there there are anabolic steroids which athletes use for, for, for uh, performance enhancing purposes, but most of the the own steroids like de- prednisone, dexamethasone, uh, cortisone is another one. They're all steroids, and what they do is they're they're anti-inflammatories. Mm. They so they just they just knock out inflammation artificially, right? Like it's it's only a temporary effect. It's not it's not dealing with what's causing the inflammation. But while you're taking it, it is going to really knock down inflammation and then maybe give your body enough time to sort of catch up and, and deal with what's ever causing the inflammation on its own. Um, so they put, they put me on this, this DEX pack, which was, I think it was a four or five day course. And uh, the, the reason I, <laughs> I bring this up because th- this drug has, has been in the news a lot because that is what they put president trump on among other things when he went to walter reed medical facility to be treated for covid oh. and the reason they, they they put him on it is because covid also generates all this inflammation in your lungs and that that's that's one of the primary factors that you know people can have complications with so again at least like temporarily it's going to knock down all this inflammation from that that your body is is generating as it tries to fight covid and for a while, you you, you definitely um, 
I don't, I don't know if better is the right way to put it. Like, let me just, hold on. Let me just put, pull up and, and, um, let, let me, let me find what they say the side effects. These are the, this is web, web, web MD, uh, and this is what they say the side effects of dex, dexamethasone are. Uh, let's see. Uh, increased thirst, u- urination, muscle cramps, mental mood changes, uh, paranoia, hysteria, uh, heartburn, intestinal bleeding, <laughs> eye pain, pressure. It sounds like half the shit Trump already has that without that dexamethasone. Yeah, yeah. So there have been many, many jokes made about like, well, how can you tell if he's different from normal? So uh-huh. I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna speak to Trump. That's his whole whole thing. I can tell you my personal experiences, like. I I felt like every like nerve in my body was like like there's like just like a little fire there's this like shaking like nervous energy where like my body just wanted to like erupt and you know I was talking earlier about how I don't like confrontation I can I can go from 0 to 100 like real fast but with this stuff like I was like starting at like 75 oh, shit. <laughs> like, I was just naturally like like right there and and so my doctor is like okay we're going to put you on this for 5 days and then we're going to send you on a bus uh, a what was it like a, a 9 hour bus ride with a bunch of college girls to Edinburgh Pennsylvania and then you're going to coach a game good luck with that nice. <laughs> so so the way the way that ended up playing out was uh I had one minor minor sort of outburst when there was, there's this one kid who on the team who was just, just a fucking shit and was trying to, to, I, I knew, I knew she was actively trying to get me fired. And normally like I would, I'm, I'm like just going to keep it, you know, cool. Like, let me try to not give her ammunition and definitely yelled at her a little bit. And then she kind of sulked off and was, was, was mopey, but the place where it, like it really, um, I would say that, that, that drug was at its worst and, I, and that was the thing. I was like, I'm like, man, I could just never, ever in a million years see me doing this without this this medication in my system. Was it was it was a very close game. I mean, there was definitely a lot of stress. But we had one of the girls on the team had scored her hundredth career goal. I also needed to sub her out to like fix our rotation so we could try to win the game. And one of the other girls on the sideline was like, like. I don't think you should sub her out. Like that was her hundredth career goal. That's like something that's very different with coaching girls and guys. Like guys wouldn't one. I don't think many of the guys would even like know that it was a hundredth goal. They don't pay attention to that stuff. But the idea of, well, we're not, we're going to possibly jeopardize the game to honor a player like isn't in their, the makeup, but that's something that you really, with women, like it does matter. And the team emotionally is, that's a sort of thing that they could rally around and, if you have to sacrifice something tactically in the game to make sure that the like emotion and mindset of the team is taken care of, you just have to do it when you're coaching women. It's, it's important. Like they, they will thrive off of that sort of stuff. And when, and when the the girl said to me, I don't think you should sub her out. It was her hundredth goal. My response was to scream. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Good job, coach. <laughs> like where I think like the whole the whole our whole sideline and the other team's whole sideline and probably most of the players on the field heard me and I was like in my head I'm like oh I fucked up I I can't I can't even deal with this and I was just and and um I try, I tried to explain I, I didn't I didn't tell them I wasn't like hey by the way I was on a bunch of steroids yeah. uh don't don't take that personally I but I tried to explain like 
like no like i'm very proud of your 100th goal i was it wasn't that i i did not to me subbing somebody out being a, a male player like that's just not something we think about like i'm not i'm sorry about that that damage was done uh, apology was not accepted but when when i i heard i'm like like oh so wait the president is on the same drug and uh, has all the nuclear launch codes. Oh fuck! <laughs> like, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pray that like him sending a bunch of like crazy ass tweets and doing like weird PR stunts is like the worst of it. I like just don't just 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 please North Korea, Iran, everyone else, do us a favor. Just just don't say anything for like another four right. days because I. We don't need a nuclear war right now. That would that would be if if you were going to write this fucked up year as like a a, a, a Netflix series, it would it would end in a nuclear war. Like that would be the crescendo for the fucked up year of 2020. So when I heard him doing that and I thought about my own personal experiences, like if I was on that drug and it's like North Korea said they were gonna do a, a nuclear launch, I'm like fucking bomb them all. <laughs> Jesus. Did you guys win that game after all or no? We did. Oh, nice. We did win it. it what but your team was pissed off at you. Oh, yeah, they didn't they did not and no, that that one was like, you know, if if we were talking about it in terms of like approval polls. Oh yeah. <laughs> like like a presidential list. I, I think I was at probably like a 99% disapproval nice. <laughs> from from that game. Good job. It was it was bad. Um and the next year it was funny. They were like I remember one of the girls saying like wow coach coach is like a different person this year it's like he just doesn't i'm like, and i wanted to say it's no this is how i normally am i'm just not on a bunch of drugs right now <laughs> that are like fucking my mind up uh it's it's real real difficult to uh to be a college coach and relate to to female players when you're on a bunch of like really hardcore antidepressants uh Ner drug drugs for nerve pain and steroids. It's not a good mix, particularly when you're me. <laughs> yeah, it'd be it'd be cool to you know not that our reach is like super huge, but if like those uh, if some if one of your former players heard this and was like, oh, that's why coach was a dick. Like some a little bit of closure like for them for that girl, well, the hundredth goal scorer. Well, it's it's there's there there's two parts. It's one coach is a dick because I am a little bit of a dick. Like <laughs> like. I have some asshole tendencies, right? Sure. And I have I have enough empathy where I'm like, no, that doesn't make other people feel good. Let me try to keep those under wraps. Like let's let's not have those come out. Like, but th there there's some of that. I'm not I'm not a perfect person by any stretch of the imagination without drugs. And then when you mix so so technically what I was on were, were anti-convulsants. Um, that's what, that's what like Neurontin and Gabapentin and all that stuff is. But when you mix like all this other shit into the mix where they really, like I said, they, they change who you are as a person. I mean, and, and just to, um, just to describe it when, when I was on those class of drugs, I felt like I was trapped in my own body watching what was happening as a third party. Like, I don't know if you ever saw that that movie being John Malkovich, yeah. but it's 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 like th th there's scenes where like they're trapped in another person's body and like someone else is like moving the body and and, and talking and saying things and they just have to watch from inside. That's what it felt like. Yeah. 
And like, so like I would hear myself say things and be like, what the fuck? Are, what, who's doing that? No. Yeah. Why, why would you do that? And it was, it, but it was somehow like, like I said, it, it, you, it gets so clouded that you can't really tell what's going on. You're like, no, I'm still in control. You don't really want to admit to yourself how bad it is and what's happening. But that, that Edinburgh game was clarifying for me because I was like, there is, there is no way in a million years I would have done that without drugs. Like it was, yes, I was, was I, was I to the letter following my doctor's recommendations? Yes. But that's just not me. That's not who I am. It has to be something else. And I literally, this is also not, (laughs) it's not a good idea, but I went complete cold turkey after that game. I just, I was like, fuck this. No more medication. From the the steroids? All medication. I stopped taking every medication. I stopped taking the steroids. I stopped taking the the pain relievers. I stopped taking everything. I'm like, no, fuck that. Like, I would rather be in intense pain than treat my players like that again. Fuck that. And... I so, so th- that 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 weekend was the next to last time I took drugs. The, the last time I took drugs, well, I, I and it's funny. I'm I'm saying drugs instead of prescription medication yeah. because well, yes, technically I was taking prescription medication, but w- again, maybe I I talked to I talked to Dr. Connor. He maybe he'll come on, um, and we can we can talk about this more. But like. Dude, some of these prescription medications, they're fucking drugs. They alter who you are. They alter your mind. Like, I think they can be, it's not just the opioids. There are whole other classes of drugs that can be completely destructive to your life. And the, the last time I, I took, uh, and it was, it was, it was a muscle relaxer. It was the following weekend because I just, I just went cold Turkey. I was just in absolute, absolute agony the whole week, just trying to, but, it, but it was actually kind of, uh, it was liberating in a way because it, after like three days, my brain started to work mm-hmm. again, and I I I was in so much pain. Always, it was it was just a struggle to do the most basic things day to day. But I'm like, fuck, I can think again. That was one of the things that I were I thought I thought my mind had just deteriorated, and I just couldn't think like like I used to be able to, which was one of the most terrifying things to me. But when that came back, it was almost like exciting. And I was so used to being in pain anyway. I'm like, fuck it. This is great. And we, we, I, we had to play slippery rock. I think, I think if I remember the timeline, right, that was the following weekend from Edinburgh. And it was, it was senior day. Like I was, I was psyched because I could, I could think way better. And literally every time I opened my, my mouth and I had to yell during the game, it felt like I was just getting like an ice pick you know, um, stabbed into the back of my, my head. And there would be like this, like bright flashes of white light. And I, but I, I, man, I was just so hardcore into it. I was like, dude, I want to save this season. I definitely, at that point, I'm like, I want to save my job if that's even salvageable. But, um, that wasn't my biggest concern. I was just like, fuck, like I, I, I want to have something good at the end of this season and it just it just got worse and worse as the game went on. It was a really close game that we ended up barely winning. And at the end of the game, we're we're going through like you know like the handshakes. You, know, you line up. You good game, good game. Oh, good luck, good luck. You know all that. I I couldn't see. I literally 
my, I was in so much pain, like all the muscles in my head and my face and my jaw were so locked up that all I could see was like blurs and these like white spots. Like I could kind of, I could kind of see shapes. It was, it was so bad. And I remember the, <laughs> the other coach wanted to like have a conference with the refs because I, there was some call she, I, she didn't like, I was just like, I'm like, I'm going to pass out. I can't. <laughs> In reality, I should have just been like, can someone please call me an ambulance? Like, this is this is terrible. Um, but I just I was just sort of like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then I just literally went on the sideline and, like, curled up into a ball. And uh, I was like, someone will come get me eventually, right? <laughs> I can't, I can't, and no, it was like the whole team was over celebrating with their parents because they were still, and they were still mad at me from the last yeah. week. And the, the, the athletic trainer is like, well, I know you're real particular, so I didn't want to bother you. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. And then, um, I was really fortunate because the, this, of all the times, this was the, this was when my parents had decided to come visit me. So at least they were there. And like, after like a while, you know, I don't know how long it, my, my, my perception of time and space and everything was just not functioning right then. I mean, I was, this, this was some of the worst pain I've ever been in my life. I'm just like lying on the sidelines and they like come over like, like, can we like get you something? I'm like, just, and I'm just like, like put my bag, get my bag. And I had one, one, uh, pill of Valium oh, left th that I took and I, t I took Valium because I, I knew that when I took that, like, I'm going to be fucked up and cloudy again, but it's going to at least temporarily let all these muscles that are just in, like, extreme spasm relax. And then, yeah, like, you know, a few minutes later, it kicks in, temporarily hides all this pain and everything. And then, like, I go over and I talk to the team. I don't know what I said because I was high on Valium. <laughs> uh, hopefully, it was something, hopefully, it was something good. And then... That was the last time I took any any drugs, and yeah, the following year to me for me was sort of about redemption. I'm just like, yeah, I'm I'm gonna am I gonna be in pain? Am I gonna have to deal with a lot of this shit? Like, yes, but I want one year where I'm I'm gonna be me, pain or not. Like, I'm gonna have zero drugs. I'll manage it the best I can, and that's that's really when a lot of the kind of positive thinking and meditation, a lot of stuff that we've talked about in previous episodes came to play because I had to, I had to look for alternate ways to combat this. Did you this. end up staying at that same score or did you go somewhere else? No, I was not given after. So, <laughs> God, I don't even really want to get into this. Okay. But but um, what, uh, I'm trying to think how much. Fuck can, it, why not? You can give why a not? short answer. So, it doesn't have so, to be a whole, you know. So... The, after that season, that the, the the season of steroids and uh, muscle relaxers and anticonvulsants, um, the, they did not want to renew my contract. Um, I also didn't really want them to renew my contract. Like I was like, man, I'm like fucked. I can't, I can't do basic things right now. Like I need to go deal with this. Oh, okay. That's being a little disingenuous. My 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 plan wasn't I, I I need to go deal with this. My plan was I I've been told by a lot of doctors that this is what it is, uh, that I just need to learn to manage it. And I'm like, and in my head I was like, well, I can't think, I can't do basic cognitive tasks that would have been like easy for me before. I, I'm not okay with this quality of life. That's where the suicide plan started to come <laughs> into effect. And uh 
I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to take like a month or two, you know, in, in the off season to see if I can kind of turn this around. And then, you know, we've got plan, plan B ready to go Jesus. into effect just in case. And that was what I was going to do. We, we had a player. So like literally my plan at that time was, um, we had a player that had been diagnosed with cancer. I was like, I need to make sure that to, to find out that if I can be, you know, whether or not I can be a marrow donor, which, you know, so I did that. Unfortunately I was not. And I was like, so like, I'll do that. I'll try, you know, a couple more months of physical therapy or whatever. And then if that doesn't work, then I just, you know, we just, we just go plan B, plan plan B, execute. Um, And one of the the weird things that turns it, turned it around. And this is, this is a, uh, this is one of those times where I feel like people who say everything happens for a reason will have their little eyes light up and be like, an angel was watching (laughs) over you. I'm like, yo, this was a fucked up vindictive angel. But uh, they did not want to renew my contract, which I, I, I was not real worked up about because I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm like, might kill myself in a couple months. Like, <laughs> we don't, I don't really give a shit about my contract right now. But on top of that, uh, there is some of, some of the players who, who as, as I learned, you know, you can, female players can also be assholes. And some of them were trying to get me fired um, for things that I did not do. And I was like, wow, you had so much good material of things that I did do. <laughs> like, why, why would you make shit up? Yeah. <laughs> you idiots. But like, and just to give you an example, the one that, the one that really kind of fucked them over the most was they said that, that, that during spring break, I had made them sleep in an unfinished garage in inhumane conditions. Nice. And this, this came up like, like, so, so the way it worked at the school is you had three, three evaluations. You had your athletic director evaluation, you had your peer evaluation from the other coaches, and there was a player evaluation. So they said all this stuff in the anonymous, anonymously in the player evaluation. And the, and there were several that, that they just made up. And the, the worst, the one that really fucked them over the worst was that they said that, that I, that I made them sleep in this inhumane conditions. And I was like, and I, again, I knew this was all happening and I'm like, I can't, I can't get fired from my, from the coaching job with all these terrible allegations and then go kill myself. Like that's not acceptable. Okay. I'm not, I'm not going out like that. You fucks. <laughs> so I was, I, again, I was prepared for, for uh, some of this stuff. So literally when this comes up in the performance evaluation with the athletic director and one of the vice presidents of the school, they're like, well, and, and you know, you, 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 you made them sleep in these, these inhumane conditions. I'm like, Oh, Oh, did I? Um, so first let's clarify the place that we were staying at was a, a mansion that's that, that sleeps 30 on Lake Norman in North Carolina you know, I th- they they really wanted to go on spring break. This was not only uh, forget about economics and cost. This was the nicest place that we could have possibly stayed. So I showed them the listing. It's like you know, six thousand square foot mansion, sleeps thirty, has an elevator, blah blah blah. And I'm like, and just just so you can tell, the room in question that they were very upset about. They're right. At one point, it was a garage. And then it had been converted to a finished bedroom. It had a big screen TV. There were three thousand dollar pullout couches. Um, you know, I, under, I understood the, why they wanted to to have a, a a more traditional bedroom, other than this like this amazing like game room with nice couches and everything like that. Um, 
but for because of the fact that I was a male coach, I, I felt to be as professional as possible, I needed access to my own bathroom or I would have slept there. And just, again, let the record show, the last night, I did give them the master bedroom that I was in, and I slept in that room because it was really nice. I would have preferred to have been there if it had a bathroom. And here's a picture of it, and the athletic director and the vice president had this look on their face of like, oh, we fucked yeah. up. Um, and the the issue was, <laughs> they they could, again, they could have just said, ah, it's not working out, we want to go a different direction, and that would have been fine because you, you're, you don't sign a long... Like I, I think I was two years from signing a long-term contract at that point. Um, so they, but but they tried to fire me with cause, so they didn't have to pay benefits uh. out for this shit. And and the the with cause stuff was just completely made up. Uh, and like I said, it was like you could have just used actual things mm-hmm. I did. I mean, if if they had just said, it's literally if they had just said, hey, it's not working out, we want you to leave. I'd have been like, cool. I agree. It did not work out. This was a bad season. If they had said, "Hey, did you did did you yell? I don't care." Right. <laughs> uh, while on while on drugs on the sideline, uh, I'd have been like, "Yeah, that happened." But like, but like, hey, did you make your players sleep in an unfinished garage? Fuck no. I'm not. I'm not taking a bum rap and getting fired for this. And and that was why I ended up keeping the job. And and literally, I wasn't even fighting to keep the job. I was just fighting not to have this bullshit attached. I didn't want, I don't want to be, I didn't want to be fired with cause in case maybe I, I at that point I was still hopeful I was going to get over this stuff. Like, you know, I, like I said, I was like in two or three months, you know, during the, the summer when I had the off season, I was hoping I could get over it. Maybe, maybe return to coaching somewhere. So I don't want to be fired with cause and having these allegations that I made my players sleep in, in humane conditions following me around. So I, I only fought it for that reason. And then I, was so successful at it that they couldn't fire me and I kept the Jesus. job and and then I'm like oh fuck I have to <laughs> and I did you know I did turn things around a little bit I was still in pain but it wasn't like there was no like passing out I, I was like I can't pretend this isn't happening I learned how to manage it I did a lot of the meditation and it was a really really positive last year I I, I, I shouldn't say comparatively it was a really positive last year um and the way it ended was the same same sort of performance evaluation where they didn't there was no complaints there wasn't any uh from from the athletic director they were just like yeah we just want to go in a different direction this is the end of your contract um and you know there there were there were still there were always going to be complaints there were there were four kids on the team who still really really didn't like me and then some other kids who had like some negative stuff to say but the you know the 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 player evaluations went from he he is Satan incarnate, like kill him with holy water to like, yeah, there's some stuff he does that, that we don't like. And then four players being like, oh, he's, he's Satan incarnate. Um, but the, the, the weirdest part was <laughs> I went from, went from the, this, this evaluation, like, yeah, we want to go in a different direction. And we, you know, we just, we appreciate what you did this last year. So yada, yada, yada. But you know, still like a lot of the players don't feel comfortable around you. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Um, let's wrap this up. Like we have an end of the year party at my house and all the players are going to show up there in 30 minutes, except for probably four of them. Uh, I need to go get to that. Like that's okay. Like, can we just say that like I did a good job this year and you're not firing me with cause and we can just go our separate ways. And she's like, yeah. And then I had to go and, and one of my, it's, it's weird. Like the biggest regret I have from that whole year is, is not even, um, not keeping my job. And there's a bunch of stuff 
that, you know, you always look back and like, I could have done this better. I could have, I could have, could have done that better. But my biggest regret is, is after having that performance evaluation and when, you know, when we had that, that, that little uh, get together end of the year awards and everything at my house that I just did not come a hundred percent clean with the players and say like, yo, this is actually what I was going through. This is, this is all the shit that was happening behind the scenes. Like, you know, and I, 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 I that, that last year I told them in some detail, like, oh, I'm having these physical problems. I'm in some pain. I, I you know, I was, did not let all, let on to half of it. Certainly didn't talk about any of the drugs. Like, wasn't like, yo, remember that whole Edinburgh thing? God, steroids are a hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> like, none of that. And I wish, I wish I could have just been hundred percent. Like, this is it. You know, this is what this was. What I was going through. You know, for better or worse. Like, been been able to to candidly, you know, say some say some apologies, but also been like, hey, we you know we did all this stuff together. I mean, we. We did have to, we did have a really good uh, um, la, you know last season. We we beat a nationally ranked opponent for only the second time in the program's twenty year history. Like that's that's not for nothing. We had like I don't know like three times as or as many wins as we had the previous year. Like it was it was good, and it would have just been nice to be able to be like, hey hey hey, uh, uh, I, I'm I'm going to use first names like hey. Hey, hey, Jess. Hey, hey, Lauren. Hey, Emily. Hey, Holly. We've been on a fucking journey together. <laughs> like this, this was all the all all the shit that we went through, and I just didn't tell them any of that. Did you, uh, so you you were you were with them after the second year. You 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 went your your parted ways. That was the third year. Yeah, third year. Okay, after your third year, you parted ways. Mm-hmm. Since then, have you have you been in contact with any of these gals, or have they reached out to you, or like? Oh, you been oh no, in hell contact no. Contact with any 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 gals. At all, like not just those four. Yeah. yeah so, so, so the the yeah with, with some of the girls from the 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 previous school I was at, I I left on like r- really good terms. Like that that school was like highly dysfunctional. Our team was kind of highly dysfunctional, but it was like one big dysfunctional family, and it really we really did I think all have the the perspective of like oh yeah like we're all in this together. Um, so I. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I, and even some, of, some of those girls I've just seen, you know, I saw after I left, like out, you know, uh, on the road, like as a coach, you know, you're in at tournaments, you're in, you know, and some of those, some of those girls went into coaching themselves, like you just kind of see them, um, and and there's been some very limited uh, social media interaction with them, but, um, no, it was never the the. I've never really had the inclination to to talk to the the girls from the previous school about all that, except for one. There's one where I'd like to be like, "Yo, this is all the shit that I went through afterwards," just to tell her. I don't know because I I'm trying to think how to explain it. I feel I feel like the the way I left in their minds, like not the way I left the school, but like their their mental image of me was like pretty good. I mean. Right. Uh, there, there was, there was, I don't even remember how I came across it, if I could still find it, but there was a Facebook exchange that someone ended up sending to to me where the two of them were like going back, you know, two of the girls from that previous school were, were going back and forth jokingly about, um, about me, like in a positive light, like being like overly effusive with praise 
to the point where like, like they, they were being yeah. funny, but there was also, you could tell there was like good sentiment and like, um, you know, some, some, some love behind it. I'm like, yeah, no. Okay. Obviously I'm not, I'm not, uh, God's gift to lacrosse in their eyes, but like, I was like, dude, they, I think, I think they thought I was a pretty good dude and a good coach. And I don't want to just throw all this, this shit at them from what happened after. But like I said, the, the, I do, I do wish that I told at least, at least somebody from the, the Stroudsburg team, what, what I was going through those three years, just so they had some idea, um, Cause I, I never, I never really felt like I got to hundred percent level with them. And it's, it, this is going to sound strange, but it's, it's to the point where I've had a reoccurring dream for five years. It used to happen all the time. Now it's, it's rare. Like maybe like once every several months where it will be my last day as a coach at that school. And it'll always, it'll be a different scenario. Sometimes it's, it's like we're playing a game and it's going really great. And I'm like, it's like everything's like perfect, and I like I'm like, but I, I my it's still like I'm still sad because I know it's my last day. Sometimes it's just completely chaotic, and like all my dreams are very strange and surreal. So none of them, I, I'm never confused. Like oh, I'm really back there. It's like just like always like weird, kind of fucked up stuffs happening. But I, it's like it's like somehow my brain is still trying to solve the puzzle of what happened yeah. at that school, and it just can't let go of it, and. Uh, I, it's, it's, it's tough. And it's like, but it's weird to me. It's always, it's like, I think I've made peace with a lot of what happened. Like I made, you know, peace for, you know, the way things ended up for some of the the good stuff I did for some of the bad stuff I did, but somehow like, like the missing piece in the whole thing is that last day. And I just can't quite wrap my mind around how that went down, which is a weird thing. Right. It's like, it's like somehow like to have recurring, uh, dreams for five years because of a, a team banquet that didn't, where you didn't, you didn't say, oh, by the way, I was on a bunch of drugs. Yeah. Yeah. But it was just a, like something where you felt like uh, you didn't get closure. So it's, it's lingering. Hashtag Roy Rage is real. <laughs> for real. Yeah. No, no kidding. You know, what's funny is we were talking about Joey D earlier and you told me he was on roids. He never seemed to be like one, like you're t- like, like when you when you talk about people that are they, there's that roid 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 mm. rage, um, like I never got that from Joey. Joey's it's probably because of all the weed he smoked. Yeah, you weren't around him as much, so so he intentionally smoked a ton of weed to try to offset that. Gotcha. Uh, and sense. then you never also never so like and again like to 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 me the way it felt was like there was that, that like undercurrent of energy. And it was, it wasn't that you were just like crazy all the time. It's that you just had such a short trigger. Like your fuse was just, instead of being at zero, you you were going to be somewhere higher on the scale to start. So it's like, he was smoking weed to, to offset that. And then you probably never saw him when he got really mad. Like I only, I, I can't remember what it was. I only saw him do like flip out once. I was like, Oh yeah, there it is. Okay. I, yeah, I, I get it. I think I did. I don't think I did. I no, Joe, Joe, he was, he was a, you know, maybe, maybe not going to become a, the next road scholar, but like he was a pretty chill, chill dude. Um, and, and then like, I liked a lot of the football players, uh, other, other than Kenny, Kenny, if you're listening from Porterville, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, it's funny you mentioned Porterville because one of my old uh, coworkers when I lived in Bakersfield was from Porterville. And he had this like, because uh, he he didn't he, he didn't uh, he didn't have a father growing up, 
and his mom was pretty much not in the picture either. So he really, you can tell if you if you got to know this kid, you can tell he he just never got an ass beating. Like he never got like that male like father figure. Like not necessarily an ass beating, but just kind of put you in line sometimes. Like like set you straight. Because this kid was uh, this kid was just like arrogant. Felt like he could say and do anything and get away with it. And he wasn't like that towards like the latter part of me knowing him. Um, but he certainly, uh, he had this like entitled li- little shit attitude. That's kind of interesting. I, I, I want to ask people, um, I mean, you and then anyone listening at some point, like, are these like coaching stories uh, of, of tur- turmoil and triumph uh, engaging and like entertaining? Or I, I never really meant to go into it. I, I'm, I like, I have tried going to actual therapy for some of this stuff, like, because mm-hmm. I, coming out of it, I just had PTSD. I mean, it, it sounds, <laughs> it, it sounds, sounds like it. yeah. <laughs> oh, when you're like, what? Well, and it took me a while to come to grips with it because I'm like, I'm like, no, like people who are, you know, have to deal with getting shelled in military service and like diffusing bombs and shit. They're, they're supposed to be the ones that have PTSD, not former women's lacrosse coaches, like. Yeah, but then you had to couple that with all your physical ailments and then, like you said, all the fucking uh, pain meds and bullshit that were kind of just, you're you were in uh, you're in a different place for so long that it was just this giant, you know. Yeah, it, it, it took me a while to come to grips with that. And once I did, I mean, I was really, again, I've been really trying to address my health on all fronts. So I was like, okay, like I have to go to therapy. Like I have PTSD. Like it sounds it still sounds dumb to me saying it, but like, that is what it is. Like you can't, you, 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 you know, it, it's not helpful to just pretend something that's a problem. Isn't a problem. Yeah. <coughs> COVID. Um, but <laughs> I, 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 it, that's actually like doubly ironic. I said, it's not helpful to pretend that something that's a problem isn't a problem. And I did like that sort of like cough, cough. And then I said COVID and I was like, no, 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 oh. not, not, the, I was doing that gotcha. like cough under gotcha. your breath COVID. And then I was like, wait, no, you can't make that joke in COVID times. Dang it. Um, but so like, I'm not, I'm not looking for the whole point. Sorry. That was a whole tangent. It was just look, I was look, trying to say, I'm not looking for podcast therapy, but then kind of telling some of those stories. I mean, I, I didn't, I, I probably could do a better job if I was, if I was just trying to actually tell it as a story. I was like, some of those actually might be kind of entertaining in a way. So like I don't know if I should go, go no because j- just from that spring break weekend in the mansion, there's some some stories. I mean, there's I, I kind of gave you the big overarching picture, but I've God, I've got a bunch of them. Um, some some of them like super fucked up. Uh, some of them funny. Some of them a little bit of a little bit of both. Um, man, there's 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 weddings. There's funerals. There's uh, there's there there's everything in between um it was if if you know i was i was okay you you asked if i've ever told one or if i've ever told any of the other um you know girls from the previous team any of this stuff i don't like i said i don't really have the 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 urge to tell any of them except for one there's there's a a girl who i don't know if she her name is still audie king but her she might have a different last name now but uh Audie was the only one in that group that I think like fully understood like what a weirdo I am. Um, 
Because I've gotcha. always been like very like serious. Like, that, that's one of the things that, you know, I, I think, you know, you, you said Greg uh, was re- remarking to you. He's like, wait, I've never seen this side of, of Jaffe before. It's like, yo, he can be like an out here, out there weirdo. And like usually all the stuff that I'm saying now is just happening in my brain. And I don't, right. would not share it with the world. So, I, you know, I was very serious, like buttoned up. Um, when I, when I was coaching, I did not, not let, let that side. And Audie was just always like very aware, like, oh, like he's a, he's a weirdo like me. Like there's all this like shit going in the background in his brain. Like this is hilarious. Like when, and we had a kind of a bond over that. And I would, I would like to somehow almost write this as like a stand up special, like a, like a one man show talking about all this, just telling the whole story of that, of, of sort of that school. And then to the end of my coaching career and just be like, all right, all right, Audie, I haven't made a YouTube video in a while. Here's a doozy for you. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, it might be cathartic, but man, there, there's a whole arc to it. There, there could be, I mean, there could be lessons learned. I mean, I definitely alluded to it before. I learned so much more about people and, and particularly like how men relate to women and, um, you know, and then there's this whole health factor. It's, it's it's sort of a hell of a story if I could tell it in a, a more polished, engaging way than just, just kind of spewing it out on a podcast. But um, what, what's some say? I don't know if it's worth it to talk about this stuff more on a podcast. Yeah, it doesn't have to necessarily be on the podcast. It could just be you writing it just to get it out and kind of formulating every one of your your thoughts into kind of a more concise and defined way to be able to to like even if even if you just wrote it just so you could read it to yourself once or you know doesn't necessarily have to be something you you got to um um you know put it out there for everyone to see you know what i mean that's one of the difficulties of me even like being on a podcast not necessarily this one but the last one like it was not not the last episode i mean the last podcast i was a member of was like I, I'm I'm like you I'm like a a rather guarded person and sometimes like being being a I guess podcast content creator you end up kind of letting your guard down a little bit more than you're com- comfortable with so that that took some practice you know I I I could say I had practice which is good and then when we started degenerates it was like okay well now it's a little more natural to me um there's still for sure. I mean, there's still excelsior things, right? For both you and I, that mm-hmm. we're like, well, we don't need to get into that, that into the weeds with that kind of shit. But well, but as long as this, as long as this, you know, as long as this podcast stays entertaining, and uh, <laughs> hopefully relatively lighthearted, it's all good. <laughs> I, I mean, I, 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 th- I was definitely. I can look back at, at a lot of that stuff. And I was trying to, when I was telling that story, like look back and like make jokes about it and laugh at it. Cause some of it is funny. Yeah. Like, like just that whole thing. It's like, okay, we're going to take Aaron Jaffe. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to pump him up with steroids that cause paranoia, like uh, delusions of grandeur, like all this, all these like crazy side effects. I mean, dex- dexamethasone is, is like one of the, I mean, it's, it's one of the most effective in, in terms of treating the inflammation and also one of the worst in terms of like the mental side effects. And we're going to put them on a nine hour bus ride with a bunch of college girls and yeah. go. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. I, I see the, I see, you know, I see the humor in it, but, um, my, the difficulty there's, I have like two reservations. It's one, I am also somewhat aware of your last podcast 
And I, I don't want it to be me just like talk. I mean this, and I kind of feel bad this episode. I've just talked a, a bunch and it, I like it. It's more, it's more fun for me when it's like not me just telling stories and like talking about my life, but it's more like uh-huh. us having a conversation and, and it's not, it's not, well, this, podcast see, therapy. All, see all this, all this shit you're telling me for sure is stuff that like I didn't know. So I was, I was, I was drawn to it because I, I this is all, st- all this right. is all new. This is all news to me. I've again, I, I'm only going to speak for me. I'm not going to speak for everybody, but it's news to me because I genuinely gave a, sh- you know, I'm one of your friends. I'm a friend of yours. You're a friend of mine. So, well, I, 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 there's people, there's people on there that just want to hear fart jokes all day, and that's you know whatever. <laughs> that's good for them. That's actually a good point. I need to, to uh, figure out how to incorporate more jar, uh, like dick and fart jokes into yeah. these stories. And then there would be <laughs> something for everybody. There's, uh, there's some, you know, people, it's like, okay, like I want to, I want to have like, like a, a Dude, I sort got of you a, covered. I got you a, covered a, with that, with that oh, yeah, we did. earlier. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we had some vomit stories. So we, we were checking off the yeah, boxes. We're good. Um, well, but the other problem for me, and, and I, I, I think I have mentioned this before is like, the way I was raised is like you just don't talk about stuff. Like when my yeah. parents fought, they would fight by they would just would not talk to each other for like like a week or more. Like that was how they fought. It was just like, all right, we're just not talking to each other. Welcome to welcome to this household this last month. Like it's I don't want to get into it. We can get into it in a whole nother thing, but this last month with my uh, folks has been a uh, uh, so much of a challenge, Aaron, that like over the course of the weekend, there was a split moment where there was a conversation about selling the house. Mm. So it was, it's it's been intense here, and I know the root of the problem, but um, yeah, I can't. I don't want to. I don't want to get into it. It's been intense here. It's been fun. It's all the more reason where I'm like, like, like I've been really, really looking at like, okay, I need to find a way to get the fuck out of here. I need. I need to. Um, you know, I'm looking at Flagstaff, Vegas, whatever. I I don't know. Did I tell you that I was looking? I, I'm lear- learning to code, or I'm trying. No. I'm I'm trying to learn HTML and JavaScript. Okay. Like so so like two three days ago, I started looking into this shit, and there's like free online yeah. things on how to do it. So I'm looking. I'm doing that so I can expand my skill set and hopefully, maybe kind of sort of open up the doors for other. Uh, career opportunities because like i said a lot of the employers in my industry like i mean i i check i check off every qualification that they could possibly ask for but mm-hmm. they want to they want to pay peanuts it's like dude come on be real like you don't you can't you can't you can't do that doesn't make sense so, so okay this is let's let's let's, <laughs> let's make a new a new segment called unsolicited advice uh, unsolicited advice Sure. God, that, that that is hard to say with the uh, the dental splint I have it now. It's <laughs> like I'm usually pretty good with the the lisping, but unsolicited. There we go. So th- this is not immediately directed at you. You can you can a- offer your own unsolicited advice on whatever you want after this. Uh, th- this this is mine to anyone listening out there or who's work. You know, like man, I need a career change, something that's going to pay better. Uh, my unsolicited advice is to not not become a programmer. Because that job is always, unless you're like at the top of the, t- the heap and you're established, it's going to be really hard to get good wages because there's motherfuckers in like Indonesia who are going to can do it all remotely for pennies on the dollar. And they're going to, they just always are going to fuck up the whole um, pay scale. Right. 
But if you want a good paying job that's going to always be there, it's like recession proof, it's economic proof, it's and it's a pretty decent job. I'm like, just dude, just become an electrician. Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought about. I, I actually. I'm, I'm I not. Almost, this is not for you. I'm not saying you yeah. become an electrician. This is more. And, and and just for for me, when I was really looking at it, I'm like, fuck. I want job security. Like I want all this stuff. I want a, and I want a job where I can make good money and not have to work. I mean, I when I was a coach, I I, I was working regularly working 80 hour weeks. I'm like, I don't want that. Like I, at this point in my life, I was like, Oh, I could make $50,000 a year as an electrician working like 30 hours a week. Like, mm-hmm. okay, let me do see, that. For, see the difference. See the diff. I guess one of the bigger differences, it, like, I don't mind if, if I'm going to do 80 hours of work, it better be something I really love doing. So those 80 hours don't suck doing it. Right. But a lot of us get stuck doing jobs that we're like, eh, whatever okay i could i kind of like this it's okay i could it's passable but if like i like if i'm gonna if it's something i really really enjoy really really love doing i don't mind doing 40 50 60 80 hour work weeks i I don't care that doesn't that that extra amount of time doesn't stress me out it's um it's just finding something that i think i'm good at Something I'm good at and something that uh, I'm appreciated for and compensated for, really. it's it's That's what I'm looking for. What, what would be your unsolicited advice? Unsolicited advice? Um, About anything. Oh, you're putting me on the spot. I didn't really have... I didn't really have... Oh, okay. I got, I got one. I got some. Um, I guess it's, it's kind of a... Uh, stay out of other people's shit stay out of like mind take care like everybody's got their own um everybody's got their own issues problems demons whatever that they're trying to work through like there's so many people that think that they're that they don't live in glass houses throwing stones it's like like if you're not part of this family keep out of the keep, don't don't give me advice if you're not if you're not a member of this this circle Stay out of it. You know. I, f- I feel like there's like a like a blank where a name is to be filled in after that advice. Oh no 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 <laughs> no because it's this is this is something that's that's uh that's happened a, a, a number of times through the course of my life. It's not it's not actually even related to one particular person. It's it's like because I you know especially like on Facebook and social media, a lot of people want to like chime in and, and give it two pennies and like. No, shut your. Shut, shut. An, op- an opinion is acceptable if someone asks you of it. Don't don't just give it because you think you can. I love I love, <laughs> I love that I, f- I floated a new segment called unsolicited advice. And Armando's first piece of an unsolicited advice is you fuck you don't give unsolicited advice. Yeah, no, that's, that's why it took me a little bit. It took a, took a little bit a little bit of time to formulate like how to actually say this. Is like it is unsolicited. If someone asks you for opinion, yeah, go go ahead, give it to you. But you know, I just don't. You know, well, it, like like with regards to like religion and stuff like that. Like you know how many people like are are like diehard, whatever they believe what they believe. Great, awesome, good for you. But don't try to shove it down someone's throat. Like it, like just let 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 those let those things be. So 
in in this next segment, let's let's do a look back on some of our old segments that that sort of came and went. Armand, do you remember that segment we used to have called unsolicited advice? It was great. <laughs> like I tried giving some, and then you were like, "Fuck unsolicited advice," and like that was pretty much the end of the segment. It was I was good. To, you remember that? No, you didn't. See, you didn't prepare me for it. You didn't prepare me for it. But it it is advice. It is advice. It's advice to like don't. Yeah, it's advice. It's it's unsolicited. Um, it, are are there anything? Well, this this was actually a lot more sort of personal stories and everything like that. Or is there any anything sort of housekeeping that you wanted to, to talk about on the tail end? Like, yeah, any- my girlfriend lost last Saturday. She, I, like, her game plan didn't really change around at all during the course of that fight, and I don't. I, I guess I got to be clear because she made a post about it. I think you may have tagged me. Yeah, you, you tagged me. Oh, no, it was my cousin that tagged me on it. Um, it's not her coaches that I say she should switch camp. I'm not saying it's her coach's fault. I'm saying it's the coaching or lack of coaching that she received during the fight that didn't give her an opportunity to really to really like even have a, a chance in that fight. She kept doing the same thing over and over again. Um, circling to her left, and and it wasn't like circling as in like cutting off the ring or anything. That was like circling, like just chasing after her. And mm-hmm. Holly Holly Holm is too good at like backpedaling and then countering and backpedaling and counter. She's just too good at that. And that's the whole Jackson Wink thing. When you when you yep. when you when they run into an opponent who plays into it and doesn't know how to handle it, they look amazing. And when they run into, which most people who are like, oh, you just cage cut and you don't chase them and you, then it doesn't look as good. But yeah, yeah. it was rough to watch. It was, it was bad to watch. Um, again, it's, I don't have a problem with our coaches. I have a problem with the coaching because the only, the only thing that they did good in the corner, cause I, obviously I understand Spanish is they were being honest with her about like being down in the rounds. Like every round was like, yeah, you lost that one. Like, yeah, you lost the second round. Yeah. You're, you're down three rounds. You got to do something here. But the thing is, they didn't provide any any information on how they, what she can do to correct it, to to change the the game plan or, or plan of attack. It was just, it was like I felt bad for her. The coach, the coaching was real shit. It's like, well, you have to cage cut Holly home. You have to get her to randomly stand on one leg for some reason, and then you head kick her. That's. Well, that's at least that's at least some kind of advice because they weren't. No, I was I was joking. That that was yeah, the yeah. one time Holly Holm has gotten finished. That was <laughs> that was how it went down. If you recall, well, so against th- Amanda Nunes, she Amanda Nunes was was throwing uh, was was throwing some heat with her punches. She was throwing combos and cage cutting. Another Holly Holm, hold on, let me. Was, so, so I watched that fight like three or four times. So let me tell you exactly what oh, okay. Amanda did that was really well that Holly didn't do. Uh huh. Um, or that that uh, Irene didn't do against Holly. Amanda actually kept her. Amanda is um, orthodox. Holly mm-hmm. is southpaw. Correct. Amanda's front foot, her left foot, always remained on the outside uh, of Holly's mm-hmm. lead foot. On Holly's lead foot is her right foot. So she she took away the ability for Holly to come up with some kicks she could block with her hands or whatever. That was one thing. Another th- thing she did is can she- I can I can I just sorry just on the technical sp- the, the the other the other thing it, it it blocks a lot of the opponent strikes but the other thing it does is it opens up a clear channel 
uh, to to land a punch. Because if you have a if you have a southpaw who gets their foot on the outside, that there's this clear path right to their head for their their left hand to come through. Versus when you're on on the inside, like their hands are in the way, everything like that. So that that's a big. If if you guys watch Robbie Lawler, that's something he's just relentless about. He wants to get outside foot position. So um, so back to on. the so back to the Amanda Holly fight. Amanda also, and I don't know if it was part of the game plan or if it just happened to be that she did it like five or six times. I lost count. She literally stepped on her on her lead foot, like Amanda's lead foot. As she would come forward, whether it was a jab or a combination, whatever, she literally stepped on Holly's lead foot to make it so that Holly could not evade. Holly was pretty much stuck in place. Her lead foot was stuck in, in, in its place. So yeah. it, it took away the ability for Holly to kind of do that circling out motion. Um, and, uh, yeah, so watch that fight. Because, I, like I said, I watched it like five, six times, and I was trying to, like— like if I was the if I was Irene's coach, I was trying to game plan for Irene, even though I'm a fucking couch coach. Like I was like, okay, that's one thing Amanda did for sure, really well. Um, I think, <laughs> uh, I think Irene has maybe not exactly the same amount of power as uh, Amanda, but I think she she has power up there with Amanda. I really do. Okay. I, I really okay. do. I believe that you think that. Okay. Thank you. That is all. Oh, my Dodgers won last night. They beat uh, beat the Padres. They eliminated the Brewers last weekend. They beat the Padres last night. Game two against the Padres is today. My dad's a Padres fan, so that's an even more like weird, tense situation in this house. It's like me being a Dodger fan, him being a Padres fan. Um Lakers also oh, won last boy. night. Yeah, there's a lot of tension going on. I I actually I watched for the first time, and I can't tell you how long. I actually watched some of um, the the Lakers and the Heat game mainly because YouTube was like, "Hey, here here's an interview with uh, oh god, what are the names? There it's it's it was Jimmy Butler, it was Tyler Hero, and uh, who, who's their their center on the Heat? I don't know. It's like. I can't remember his name, but I was like, "Oh my god, these guys are hilarious!" Like it, that this whole interview was just pure comedy. Yeah, Butler was um, funny. Butler was funny. The the game before that, the last. And and then I yeah, and then I watched some more interviews with Jimmy Butler. I'm like, dude, this guy's like, this guy's just a, a an absolute like blast. Like he's a character. Like I, I don't really care about basketball at this point, but I'm kind of just like a fan of Jimmy Butler as a human being right now. Yeah, I was like. Great, like I'm gonna. I want to watch these guys play a little bit. Uh, oh yeah, Bam. How do you forget a name, Bam? Bam Adebayo. He he's he's very funny too. All three. I'm t- Tyler Hero. It's like they're like a comedy trio, and like Jimmy Butler and Bam are making jokes. Like Jimmy Butler is sort of like the over the top personality. Like Bam has sort of like the sort of like sarcastic humor, and Tyler Hero is like the the like the straight man who just is sort of quiet in the corner getting like he he's the foil that they like make he he's the source and the butt of a lot of their jokes but he he you know he's a freaking 19 year old kid and just is taking it very well anyhow and then i was like extra disappointed to find out wait jim jimmy butler was on the 76ers and they fucked that up after a year god damn it sixers whatever i don't care i haven't been a sixers fan since 2001 um it's when i retired and then the uh, last thing i i guess i kind of wanted to mention was uh, there's another cool card coming up? Corey Sanhagen, Marlon Moraes is the main event. 
Um, Sanhagen was a kind of a rising through the ranks. Uh, Do you have some, some stats on him? Guys, everyone's yeah. going to be, if we don't get our stats in, yes, I have let's them, go. but I'm not going to read them because you're being a dick. Anyway. No, come on. Like, no. That's, Suck it. Suck it. No. Dick, no. fart jokes, and MMA stats. That is the staple of this podcast. You're, it's you're the not. lifeblood that sustains our listeners. If you don't give them stats, how are they going to go to bed happy tonight? I explained, come on. I explained this to you last podcast but i can see you don't appreciate by your by your sarcasm so i'm not going to give you stats you can kiss my ass no i'm gonna have to look them up god damn it um anyway Corey sanhang was doing really well he lost to submission to aljo to basically stop aljo or stop sanhang from being like the next title shot holder it sounds like um being that aljo does not have a dancing partner he might actually get the next title shot um but I actually like Marlon Moraes in this fight. Um, no stats for me this week because Aaron's a dick. I have them. I'm not going to read them. I, c- I could pull them out, but Mondo, I'm not it's, going it's to. It's not my fault. I'm on dex- dexamethasone right now. I'm, I, I'm, I'm prone to irrational behavior. I feel like you are on something today, dude. You're on fire. But uh, no. It should on be a fuego? Good main- yes, on fuego. It's on on sh- espanol? It, sh- it sounds like it should be a good fun, uh, good, fun main event. At least a couple other decent sure. good fights. Um, Corey Sanhagen has 14 total wins, two losses, yeah, 12. Uh-huh. Uh, four of the wins are by knockout, three by submission, mm-hmm. five by decision. Mm-hmm. So he's he's good. He's very tall. He's five foot eleven, <laughs> which he's only 135. Well, he's fighting in 135. I wouldn't be surprised if he's like 160, 165, but he's fighting. Uh, in Wait, 135. Why, why are you reading stats? You told you just you were just being. I, I told you, it's the lifeblood of our podcast, and you're not going to do it, so oh, I have geez. to step up and fill the void. No, and he has, no. a, he, has a, he has a 70... This actually, this actually is the important part. He's, a sev, he's 5'11 with a 71-inch reach, Whoa. which I never is very did, important. No, hold on, wait. Let me, let's, just go, let's just stop here real quick. I never went as far as like read and height and all that shit. I, I kind of just went over the record and what they were good at. Right. What they were. You're going... I know, but, but this being, is actually like important to the fight. So oh, like, Jesus Christ. Like... I'm trying to teach you how to give stats that are meaningful. Oh, okay. So Marlon Marais is four foot seven, and he has a thirty-two inch reach. So there's a big height discrepancy, and he's really not four the, foot the, seven. I'm sorry, he's five foot. Oh, he's not even five foot seven. He's five foot six. He's a little guy. Five foot six versus five foot eleven, and he has a a sixty-six inch reach. So there's a big height and reach discrepancy. Uh, Marlon Marais, definitely the more powerful, explosive fighter. I mean, they, their common opponent, uh, Corey Sanhagen got submitted by Aljamain Sterling in the first round. Marlon Marais, um, had a head kick or, sorry, a knee KO of Sterling and made Sterling unconscious and dab. Um, there, there is a, a, a picture that Sterling has, has joked about where Sterling is unconscious and looks like he's dabbing at the same time because he's still got funk even when he's knocked out. And uh, the big, the big thing when it's when you have this this explosive fighter versus a, a taller ranger fighter is are are they going to be able to close that distance and land a big punch? Is Corey Sanhagen going to be able to stay on the outside and set up combos and jabs without getting? His head sent into Ben Askren land, and um, and that's those. So that's why those stats are meaningful because they really, really impact the the nature of the fight. All right. Are you sure, and 
And Marlon Marais, if you've ever seen him, he does look like he's four foot seven. And he sound his voice also sounds like you'd imagine the voice of someone who's four foot seven. Yeah, he's a little guy. He's got a very high pe- I like I like Marlon Marais. He he seems like a good dude. Even though he almost killed Aljo and it. Yeah. So that's all I have for this week. If you guys want to watch a, a short, tiny little guy try to knock out a tall, skinny guy, tune in Saturday. It's going to be a banger. Yeah. Chargers are one and three. They lost again. Another decent performance by Herbert, but still comes up short through another interception, a cru- crucial moment of the game. We're one and three. Meanwhile, in the NFC, the NFC. Can we make a compromise? Like I, just a little bit, I make fun of the stats, just a tiny Hold bit. Hold on, real quick. And then I, and, so okay. NF, NFC East, the the NFC conference, the NFC East conference leader right now is the Philadelphia Eagles with a record of one, two, and one. That's how bad the NFC East is right now. Go Eagles! Yeah. But you, you're saying they're winning, though, right? That's all I heard. They got the best record in the NFC East. I think the other teams are like 1-3 so or 0-2. So they're the or, best. Yeah. Got it. Crazy. Go Come. Eagles. I don't care. I, I, I retired as an Eagles fan when they won the Super Bowl. I was like, that's I, – I've I, despite not watching football for all those years, I, when people said, are you are – you, um, Denver is also a big football city. Yeah. There's like – you know, and the way the – way, I describe Broncos fans. I'm like, they're like Eagles fans, but with like hope and optimism. They're like, 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 Oh, gotcha. they're, they're very passionate and like enthusiastic, but like Eagles fans have, have gone through life with a sense of nihilism and a yeah. defeatist attitude of like, yeah, whatever. We're, we're winning a lot of games now. You know, we're just going to fuck it up in the playoffs. Like, yeah. Oh, sure. Sure. We got a star quarterback. He's going to blow out his knee because that's what has happened year in and year out. And they've been conditioned to expect that. Whereas Broncos fans are like, Oh, like Peyton Manning retired. We have no quarterback. Who knows? Maybe it could work out this year. It's like, it's, so I would always get asked, "Oh, are you a Broncos fan?" Because that's just like a like an, an icebreaker in um, in the two the two conversational icebreakers you get in uh, in Colorado have have traditionally been, "Oh, are you a skier or you're a snowboarder?" And then I would say neither, and people are like, "What? What the fuck are you?" Because you, you gotta explain to them, you gotta explain to them that you're not a you're not a local. They assume. Uh, I- it's no or man. Native. People. I used to say native, not it, local. It, you don't have to be an everybody. My dad, my dad skis, and he's not a native. I've like, never been in a skis. So I've never snowboarded. Yeah, but people who come who move here, they a lot of most of them are moving here so they can ski, and they and people who didn't or ski or snowboard take it up. It's mm. just it's just a lot of people. That's what they do. Like if like they just they just assume like oh white white folks in Colorado yeah you probably ski or snowboard. The other icebreaker is. Um, is are you are you a Broncos fan? Because oh yeah, everyone's a Broncos fan. Yay, we can bond over common terms. And then it w- w- so, at that point when I when I moved out here, do not give a shit about football. I don't really care who who wins the Super Bowl. It's not a big deal to, deal to me. And would it have been much easier socially to be like, oh yeah, I'm a Broncos fan. Sure, could I could I have uh, made life a lot easier for myself when meeting new people, saying, oh right, the Broncos. I like some fucking player that I don't know who they are. Sure. But all that time I stuck to my guns. They say, are you a Broncos fan? And I said, no, I'm born and raised. No, I wasn't born and raised. I was raised in Philadelphia. 
uh, I don't really follow football, but I'm still I still claim the Eagles, and they and they're like, oh wait, so you so you just told me you don't like the Broncos, you also don't watch football, but you're an Eagles fan. Like I don't know what the fuck to do with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, good job. I bet you made uh, a ton of uh, acquaintances that way. I I did not, but when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, I could I could feel like I'd earned that win with them. Yeah, that's how I feel with the Lakers. I don't really watch basketball a whole ton, but they're doing well, and I'm kind of like, yay, Lakers, you know. But the Dodgers, I've been watching their games um, all this week. So, anyway, um, that's all I have, dude. I got to go. I, I looks like uh, people just got here. looks like family just got here. They just opened my door without knocking, which happens here all the time. All right, so... Guys, this this was a roller coaster of an episode. We talked about a whole bunch of stuff. We got we got in some feels a little bit. We talked about drugs. We talked about the the Dodgers. We talked about the Dodgers taking drugs. Confirmed. No, um, that didn't happen. <laughs> Bullshit. You you heard br- br- breaking just now. The I I would say that someone on the Dodgers is taking steroids, but I don't know any of the players. You know what's crazy? But you also okay. You know. But what? Wait, 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 hold on. This this is what I was getting at. Okay. I was I was I I, I did have a point. Um. To to the to the, the 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 one and a half of you who are still listening, hey, if you're still listening but not really paying attention, tune it, perk up right now. If if, if some of these like w- these these personal stories were actually interesting, if you thought it was good uh, podcasting material, you reach out to Armando. Don't at me; I don't want to hear it. But um, you get you get back to him and say, yeah, yeah, we want more of the, the fucked up crazy stories. Be it um, drop dropping off. Uh, Framed posters in Christian Barron's room, or uh, drug-induced uh, sideline ranges, whatever. You just let, let us know if you want to hear more of that, or if you're like, "Yeah, that was that was cool." Not really our bag. Um, maybe you just talk about that amongst yourselves. We, would like to hear it. Also, if you thought anything we talked about sucked, dick, you can send us that feedback too. It'll be okay. It'll be all right. Tomorrow's Mondo, there, you, you just you just you just absolutely teed me up for a joke about stats, and I'm not going to make it because I'm going to be the bigger person. Oh, and I understand that you don't like those jokes, so I'm just I'm just I I just want you to know I'm being respectful of your feelings, oh, and those those are important. And you All know right. I'm serious. You don't have to you don't have to diminish them nope. and just just feel like the, like if 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 jokes about stats make you feel bad, then that's a good reason not to do it. This is. I was going to say that's the last time I ever do it. We're done with stats. And on the next episode. See you guys next week. Thanks for listening. You guys are pretty cool. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. Mondo here. I just want to take the time to say on behalf of myself and Aaron that we appreciate everyone who's taken the time to listen to our podcast. We know there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts to choose from, but you took some time out of your day to listen to us ramble on. Please share our podcast, like and subscribe, follow us on all our social media platforms and all that jazz. Whether you love us, hate us, agree with our opinions or disagree, we still love you.